0: Hey, welcome to the 296th episode of The Random Podcast from Heck. My name is Tony and this is the podcast about random things in the world of entertainment, which includes movies, TV shows, and comic books. Big shout out to Dave McPhail and Andrew Logan. They are big supporters of the show. You can be a supporter by going to patreon.com slash heck. Any amount you can commit to will be awesome. If you commit at the Rick Jones tier or higher, you get access to The Secret Podcast from Heck, which is an additional 30 minutes of podcast entertainment every single week and currently talking about fantastic four john burns run during the 80s sometimes talk about movie i have a movie i'm going to talk about i don't know if i'm going to talk about it this week or next week we'll see Um, and sometimes talk about comic book topics which i i I haven't done one of those It, it hasn't been that long but it feels like it but if you can't commit to a monthly commitment you can also help out by going to coffee.com slash G-Man from Heck, and you can buy me a virtual cup of coffee or four. It's ko-fi.com slash G-Man from Heck. All right, this week, the main feature, we kind of got three features going on, sort of, two and a half maybe. Uh, I guess the main one, is I, I debated which one. We're going to go with Bo is Afraid, the Joaquin Phoenix movie. Holy crap. <laughs> that, that's, oh, that movie is so crazy. It's, it's, it's a good movie. Um, I don't think everyone's going to love it, but holy man, it's, it's something. Uh, we're also going to talk about Ghosted, the Apple TV Plus movie with uh, Ana de Armas and Chris Evans. I really enjoyed it. I thought it was a lot of fun. It was funny, a lot of action and, and all that, Just and a lot of crazy cameos and, and that. So uh, that was good. Um, but some people might not like it because they're too hoity toity, maybe. I don't know. Um, all Star Superman. The animated movie that was 2011, right? That came out on 4K uh, Ultra HD. So I, I just watched that, and uh, can you talk just about just very briefly? I'm not going to review the movie because you've probably seen the movie. You should see the movie uh, if you haven't, so you can hear about that. And then uh, we're going to talk about uh, Superman. Lois is back. Talk about the latest episode. Flash is back. This was the episode with Green Arrow. Um, unless you're living on on a deserted island and you didn't know he was going to appear in that episode he's there and then uh titans and that's it but uh i feel like it's going to be another long episode we'll we'll see uh sweet tooth is out now as as you hear this it's not going to be on this episode um hopefully next week we'll we'll see if i get my i want to make sure i watch a good amount um you know how i feel about just all episodes at once drives me nuts because it just puts all this pressure. And I just feel like it's after the fact. It's too late. Everyone's already watching it when maybe no one has. I don't know. Uh, and uh, I, feel, I don't know if there's anything else coming out. But that's going to be um, what's going on this week. So let's get to the news. Uh, I think the kind of big thing, early reactions have been released for the Flash movie. And people are saying it, it looks good. You know, a lot of people are kind of skeptical and everything. But... Uh, it sounds like it's going to be good, and it's 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 always hard hard to say. You know, having been in a position where I've seen movies early, sometimes, sometimes there is you know, sometimes you get a little excited, sometimes you get a little over overly excited. Uh, I I like I remember the first time I saw Watchmen, I was just like, oh man, it was so good, and and you know, watching again, I've been watching a while. I mean, I don't I don't think like if I were to watch it now, I don't think I would like it as much as I did when I first saw it, but I was kind of blown away. I was like, holy crap, we finally got this movie and everything and you know it wasn't perfect or anything but that's just you know for example. so it's it's possible to, it, it, it's it's just easy to get dazzled when you first see it and especially when if there's a lot of people there, you're in a crowd, everyone's get excited and cheering. So yeah sometimes it's good to just kind of decompress and, and I'm not saying that's the case, you know but we'll see uh I but I'm looking forward to that I'm, I'm curious to, to see how, how that's gonna go um there is uh some new footage was released for Aquaman and the lost kingdom it was not released online so you know we're gonna have to have to wait for that and I guess basically Aquaman splitting his time between Atlantis and his father's lighthouse whatever um, he's gonna be teaming up with his half-brother orm and uh they're looking for this black trident now. And I, I guess black Manta has it. He found it or something like that. There was no new footage shown of Maris. And, you know, she did mention that a lot of, you know, some of her scenes were, were cut and, you know, there's a the whole court case contra And I don't even want to get into that, you know, cause it's just a, he said, she said, you know, they're both at fault, but you know, I'm sure one is more at fault than the other, but it doesn't matter. But the um, interesting thing is, I guess she has a newborn, you know, or they have a newborn, uh, you know, child. After this, so I wonder if they'll use dad as an excuse, like, oh, Mara can't come on adventure because she's with the baby. It's like, well, what Arthur isn't capable of taking care of a baby? He's, I don't know. We'll see. That's too bad because I, I think she, it'd be cool to have Mira, you know, kicking butt in the movie. There was a new trailer for Transformers: Rise of the Beast. I, I don't know how you feel about this. You know, I, I'm not a Beast Wars fan or nothing against it i just didn't watch it it just seems weird i i like my transformers as vehicles not as g- giant m- oversized mechanical beasts it just doesn't seem realistic even though we're talking about robots in disguise um one of the things that i do like about this trailer i think it was in a trailer I'm pretty sure it was in a trailer it tells us that it's 1994 because when i was watching this i'm like when the heck does this take place because, you know, we had the, the first movies and then we had the Bumblebee movie, which took place before it, And I'm just like, and then there's, the, the, you know, the Mark Wahlberg movies, which I think came before the Bumblebee the, took place. So I'm just like, wait, what's the timeline for this? And I'm sure it's like online somewhere. You can find many places that haven't. So this movie takes taking place in 1994. So we take that. But we do see uh, Unicron is, is in the trailer. So it's like, all right, that's going to be interesting. Uh, and because the thing, it, it felt like wasn't the uh, Shia LaBeouf episodes, was that like the first time people saw the Transformers? But it's like, they're like all over the place. I, I'm a little confused. Uh, there was a like a feature, like a trailer, a clip of Mark Hamill giving Cameron Monaghan like Jedi training for you know, doing motion capture for Star Wars Jedi Survivor. So it was, uh, it was, it was kind of funny. Funny. John Lando Says that they're sort of, kind of working on an Alita Battle Angel sequel. It's, it's not officially happening yet. That we know, or it hasn't officially been announced. But he says that you know, if if it does happen, they're talking to like uh, Rodriguez and uh, um, oh, I just totally blanked on her name that does the voice. Uh, uh, oh, it's it's like on the tip of my my brain. Um, G- Gina Rodriguez? No, is that it? No, that doesn't sound right. Anyways, I love Alita Battle Angel. Oh, my God, that's such a such a good movie. And uh, I hope we get a sequel. And, you know, a lot of it, it was weird because this article that I read, it's talking about how, like, Avatar sort of, like, paving the way. And, and that was one of the things I heard about before because, you know, James Cameron was super heavily invested. You know, he loved Battle Angel. He, he wanted to direct it himself. You know, he did this whole treatment. He doesn't have the time to do it. And it kind of sounded like, well, now that – you know, it was a Fox movie. Disney owns the rights now. And a lot, was, you know, people were speculating that, like, oh, depending on how successful the Avatar movies are, are or the next one is the sequel, um, Avatar 2, depending on how successful that was, that could kind of pave the way for a sequel to Battle Angel. Basically, it would give James Cameron more clout or more of a position to say hey you know this is doing really well i'm making the studio a lot of money let's let's you know put some of that money to this that i'm really passionate about i hope so we'll see steven spielberg was has said some things like one of the things he said he he regrets editing out the guns in et so when they like re-released et to extraterrestrial they digitally erased the guns and gave the fbi agents walkie-talkies when the kids are riding their bikes. And part of it is like, oh, you know, they shouldn't be pointing guns at kids. And, but now he's kind of like, eh, I, you know, I shouldn't have done that. And, uh, I mean, the reality of it is they would be doing that because they don't care who they're, they're pointing guns at. <laughs> Not that it was, it's like trying to make an ant, uh, whatever, another statement, but that's just how it would have been. He also, um, saw the Indiana Jones movie and he's really proud of what James Mangold did. And he joked, he's like, I thought I was the only one that knew how to make one of these. So, uh, he, he's, he's, he was happy with that. And I guess James Mangold had mentioned how the movies opens with like Indiana Jones in his prime. So, you know, we, we, kind of see a glimpse at it in the trailer. We see like young Indy they are doing that, like motion capture stuff or whatever. So That'll be cool. Um, there was a trailer. I actually I, I meant to watch it. I never got around to watching it. There was an Evil Dead Game of the Year Edition trailer. I I don't know if it shows anything different. You know, I haven't played the game. I I want to, but you know, I don't have time for games. I don't have time for friggin' anything. Um, but I I love Evil Dead. Uh, so there's a new edition, which could be good so um i don't know we'll see about that michael shannon speaking of uh the flash earlier michael shannon uh you know so he's gonna be playing he's back as zod in in the movie but he wanted Zack snyder's blessing before playing him again and he feels like the studio did him wrong it's like how did the studio do him wrong when it's like yeah they you know they put out the movie maybe they bring brought in another director that didn't quite do what he wanted, but there was a lot of money riding on it. You know, they have deadlines and, you know, the unfortunate reasons that Zach had to step away, maybe, you know, I, it just would be hard to just put the whole production on halt. Zach's made the right choice. You know, he had to take care of his family. He had to do that. And his vision kind of had to pay the price for it, but as turns a priority, that, that doesn't matter. He was able to release his vision after the fact, with the Snyder cut, so it all kind of worked out. But basically, Zack Snyder, he's he's been really uh, supportive of, you know, he's he's on board with it, and so he was he was totally he was okay and everything like that. So we have that. Black Mirror is finally coming back. Uh, from what I heard, there was like some, I think it was like kind of like a legal thing, and you know, who owns you know who owns black mirror and there's like stuff with the production company and the people and i don't know all this stuff but whatever it's coming back season six a trailer was released the trailer just shows like different glimpses and pieces and uh, many many different actors that are going to be in the episode so that's back in june um i don't know if that's something i don't know if i've ever covered that i think it covered the was it Bandersnitch? I forget what the name of the episode is. I don't know if I talked about the other ones. Uh, this, there was a season after it, season five, it must I'm assuming. I don't, I don't know. Uh, David Harbour mentioned that the Thunderbolts is gonna be a different kind of Marvel movie. He says that they're they're really like changing it up, which is, you know, kind of exciting and everything. So we'll see. That's coming out July 26, 2024. Um, there. It's kind of a confirmation on Beetlejuice 2. So at the CinemaCon thing, uh, it looks like it's officially moving forward. Warner Brothers showed like a sizzle reel of a bunch of stuff coming out, and there was like a Beetlejuice 2 logo or something like that. There's no confirmation, anything like that. There's no details. Uh, Tim Burton and and Johnny, and not Johnny Depp, uh, (laughs) uh, what's his name? (laughs) Michael Keaton right? Um, they're not confirmed yet. So they're probably still in talks. And, you know, there was a rumor about, uh, what's her name from, from Wednesday? J- Jenna Ortega. Oh, it's been a long week. Um, so we'll have to see what's going to happen. But it looks like it is going to happen. So fingers crossed. <laughs> and now I'm laughing at uh, Aaron Taylor Johnson, he said like in a video clip that Craven Hunter, you know, like what's Craven going to be? Hunt- Craven Hunter, is it going to be rated R? He's like, rated R? F- yeah, it's rated R. <laughs> it's like, oh, it's so cool because you can drop the F-bomb. And I choose not to drop it on this podcast because I don't want this to be quote unquote explicit. And because if you're listening with young ones around, you, you know, I maybe you, may you curse left and right. But I'm giving you, you know, I don't want you to have to worry about that. So, you know, this is semi-clean for the most part. I will allude to the word, you know, whatever. But we have that. So there is some footage that was shown where, I guess, Craven's stabbing some guy, like, over and over again. I think he was, like, a a big game poacher or something like that. And there's a a scene of him, like, biting some guy's face and, like, spitting out the piece or something like that. It's like, ooh, that's cool. (laughs) So October 6th, that comes out. I don't know. I like Craven. Actually, I don't know if I really like Craven Hunter. You know, Craven's Last Hunt was great. It was, it was really good. But Craven Hunter is just a big weenie. A lot, a lot of these villains are. You know, this is like, oh, I want to hunt a big game. I want to hunt the animals. So I'm going to hunt Spider-Man. It's like, okay. And then you're going to do a movie without Spider-Man. All right. And uh, then I guess I felt like there was a lot of news. Maybe I just went really quickly through it. Um, I feel like I'm forgetting something but the last bit of news I believe unless I'm forgetting like eight different things there was a teaser trailer released for Twisted Metal with Anthony Mackie and when you look at the image promo it's like okay there's like Anthony Mackie in a car I, I love Anthony Mackie I think he's hilarious one of my favorite interviews was you know getting to sit and talk to him he cracked me up. He cracks me up in the movies and he's just, and, but then, you know, you watch him in a trailer and I'm like, is this supposed to be twisted metal? It's not supposed to be twisted metal with Anthony Mackey. You know, it's almost like it's going to be distracting, whatever, but his charm and charisma, just in a little teaser, you know, he, he pops the CD into the car and he starts dancing. The Was it steal my sunshine? Uh, by, um, Len. I, no, that's not right. Whoever it is and he's just just like dancing in the car and he drives away and then there's like guns under. So, you know, it doesn't really show a whole lot, but just to him, it, it it just, I'm like, okay, fine. You can have Anthony Mackie in the movie or in the show. And then we get a glimpse of sweet tooth, which, you know, you you have to, that is his name, right? Sweet tooth. Um, It's been so long since I played those games. I have no idea how they're gonna do the show, but it'll it'll be it'll be interesting, um, and hopefully this episode is gonna be interesting because that is gonna be it for the news this week. With comic books at Image Comics, there is Ambassadors number three. So this is it's like you know the the issues are 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 tied together, but each one is like taking, looking at different people. So you know the the idea is there's this organization. And, you know, they're offering superpowers to different people. And you'd be an ambassador to, you know, different people of each country. And this, this issue looks into, like, France. And we, and we see, you know, this story going on there, which doesn't really touch on the last issue. So I'm assuming it's all going to tie together. You know, they're, they're building all these ambassadors from the different, you know, countries. And we know that there are some people, um, it's the, the lady in charge, like her ex-husband, kind of you know he wants he wants some information on it you know he wants to try to get whatever the tech and, and something like that so obviously that's gonna come into it because like in the last issue it was like someone approached the ambassador uh and so it's like could someone be bought and and the idea with this is you know people are are, are kind of applying for it or whatever or they're being chosen but you never know. I mean, someone. Hopefully, they're, they're choosing correctly. Otherwise, you know, everything is going to get messed up. So I, I don't know. Um, interesting issue. Deep cuts number one. So this is by Kyle Higgins and Joe Clark with art by Danilo Bayruth, and this is it's an issue about music. Sort of. It, it takes place in 1917. So it's like in the city's bustling red light district. A young clarinet player player lands a job with his hero, but he'll soon discover there's more to the music business than playing to write notes so you know he's it's a it's a black kid not that it matters but you know black kid 1917 you know trying to be a musician you know he's young and he you know and his dad was a musician uh and he's you just see him just trying to trying to make it and everything and uh so at first when when i started reading i was like oh i don't know if i'm gonna like this you know i i love music but i, I just don't is this gonna be too dry or anything but it was it was actually a really good story so i, I like that and um it looks like um this is a double length six double length issues. Weave stories of struggle, joy, and hope through the history of jazz. So um I forget, I don't know if they said I think they said mentioned the year for the next issue, but it's gonna take place in a different era. So that, that I think that that's kinda cool. And um I, I, I love the fact that this book a book like this can exist. That you know because I don't I love I love superhero books. I don't just want to read superhero books. So I, I'm glad that that's out. Um, there was uh, Image 30th Anthology issue 12 of 12 that came out Um, I'm so far behind on that so I didn't read that Um, Kaya issue 7 so Kaya's uh, brother has been kidnapped so you know she's determined to try to you know find him and everything like that so I, I just I'm I'm really digging this series. When I read, like, the, the preview in the first page, I'm like, okay, or the first issue, I was like, okay, this is fine. I don't know how I feel about this, but now, to, you know, I'm, I'm seeing more of the world and the characters, seeing Kaya and Jin, you know, her brother, and um, I'm, I'm just, I'm really on board. And plus, you know, Wes Craig's art, I just, I absolutely love it. Uh, you know, I miss Deadly Class so much, but, you know, his art, is, it's so cool to see. And it's great that it's this is something else. You know, it's a totally different world, you know, just uh, lizard creatures and other monsters and stuff like that. So it's, it's, it's a fun book. You should definitely, uh, the first trade is out. So you can check that out. Local man. Issue three came out. So we have a kind of like a nineties image hero type thing. He got kicked out of the group. There was a little controversy, you know, stuff go happening and he, you know, so he returns back home and a lot of people, they look down on, on him and partly because he was kicked out of the group and they, you know, they have, a bad whatever impression of him. And, and he's also been told that he's not allowed to use his powers, you know, legal leaders or like our legal restraining order or something, whatever. And it's just like stuff going on. And it's, it's interesting to look at it kind of like the different aspect of that and seeing like the different side of the superhero business or whatever. So I, I'm, I've been enjoying that. Plus, issue six so this the final issue came out and uh this, <laughs> this has just been this was a weird series you know we have these people who dress up in like furry costumes and th- turns out they're cannibals and but then the sh- so it's like okay that's that's bad but then you got the sheriff his deputies and you know the sheriff is just like corrupt and bad and he's like blackmailing this kid he wants this kid to marry his daughter even though his daughter's cheating on on her fiance you know the, the dude and he gets pulled into, like, he, with the, the furries. So, again, they're cannibals, but they're they're kind of good people. And the sheriff, and, you know, he deputized, sort of, like, not really deputized, but he gets, like, these townspeople. He's like, okay, you can hunt them, but this is not going to be official. This is off to whatever. So, it's just, yeah, we have all, all that. Um, torrent issue three. So, this was, you know, we had this hero her identity kind of came out bad guy kills her husband kidnaps her kid and what's she gonna do about it so now you know she's do whatever it takes to get get this guy but you know things don't quite work out it was what she originally had planned so she's trying a different tactic and um but so it this is another interesting thing is where this is not something that would happen like in a marvel or dc book where she's just like okay whatever screw the lines i'm i'm walking way over them just to get this guy because he he sucks and then uh vanish issue six came out and uh, i can't get into this book and part of it is is just i need i don't know if i need, need to go back to issue one just start over but i just i feel like so lost and confused just trying to figure out like who's a good guy who's a bad guy well what what you know there we have some like magic what exists and what's real and what are the rules and so but um and then you know I, the only reason i would look at it you know despite all that why i would you know continue flipping through and and you know is ryan Stegman's art he barely did the art in this issue for you know whatever reason so hopefully he'll be back on next issue i don't, I don't know Um and then there's what's the furthest place from here issue 12. So this this is great because Sid, who you know we hadn't seen in a while, we're, we're getting back to seeing you know what what she's going through and what what's going on and um, there's this weird group of people and it's just like what the heck what what is going on it's so weird but I I just I dig this book I love the art and uh, it's it's just it's it's a lot of fun. Uh, okay, at DC, I don't uh, I I don't think I read. Sandman Universe Dead Boy Detectives issue five. I'm I've been enjoying that, but I I think I, I just I forgot to read it. Uh Tim Drake, Robin, issue eight. Um This was okay. I I don't know. I'm I'm not, not super loving this. You know, we have Batwoman here, which is fine, but it just I, I don't know. It is it just kinda doesn't feel like Robin um I am enjoying that the arts feels like a better fit here, but yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. Uh, then, um, I actually, I flipped through Harley Quinn and I not really, I, I was like, how many issues did I miss? Because yeah, Harley's like a, a teacher. It's like, what? I was like, I don't know what's going on here. Uh, action comics, 1054. So this is, a. Uh, Continue with the Metallo, and, you know, it, it's a little strange. Uh, I, I know there's been some mention, but, you know, we, we have action comics, and we have Superman, but Lex Luthor basically unleashed Metallo against, you know, Superman in the world. But now Lex is trying to help Superman and everything, so it's like, wait, what, what's going on? It doesn't make any sense. But, you know, Lex did comment on it in the in Superman series. But... Um, yeah so the whole thing is just it's a little absurd you know extreme where metallo you know he he was tricked into thinking that that superman took his sister and is like holding his sister against him and but it's like come on it's like i don't care if you're the villain or whatever if you're going and fighting superman you know superman would never do that that is not what he doesn't kidnap people and it's, it's just ridiculous, but then we see someone's manipulating things. It, it's cyborg Superman, so we're gonna see him And then there's more when the, the little Jonathan Kent uh, Superman Lois uh, s- Story so we have that and then there's some stuff with with John Henry irons like that took place before uh, The I forget what was it Superman it was an action comics, but before the, the the attack against the super family blue beetle graduation day issue six came out i didn't read that i just i w- was into it when it first came out but something i don't know if it was the art or just uh something about it just just kind of turned me off I, I don't know what what it was um detective comics 1071 i'm 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 still for some reason whatever it is i i, I can't get into the, this this detective stories arc then uh unstoppable doom patrol so I know I'm. I sound like I'm being very negative <laughs> towards everything. I really. I'm loving this Doom Patrol series, and uh, it's it's so good. Chris Burnham's art. Oh my god. I mean, it's just. I I just love it. I'm so happy to see his art here, and I'm like sad for today. Like, if this was like a if this series like kept going, I I'd be sad that like someday he would stop drawing it, and and you know whatever there may be an issue where he needs to take a break and someone else does it. I just I love his art and. It's it's just the, the characters are so quirky and you know I, I really come on board with them especially after the show, um, and it it kind of has a vibe of a show but it's it's its own thing so it's not just like let's just try to you know mimic the show or anything so it's it's totally different and um, I I really like how they're they're kind of changing things a bit and just like kind of standing on their own so it's it's just it's it's really good. Um, then there's lazarus planet revenge of the gods actually i meant to f- at least flip through this just to see if there's anything um, with like wonder woman or mary marvel or anything like that but i didn't because i just i don't care about this lazarus stuff but i probably should look at that and then green arrow number one i don't know if i totally forgot or i just never knew that joshua williamson is writing this book actually i'm pretty sure it's joshua williamson I've looked at this issue. I've flipped through it so many times. There's no, like, I, I'm i totally, you tell me if I'm wrong. I cannot find the credits for this because I'm trying to see, like, who who worked on this. But it's interesting, you know, because it starts off where Ollie wakes up on an island. He's like, oh, no, not again. But then he looks and, and things are, like, weird. It's like, he's not on a regular island. And, and then um, what's interesting, I don't want to give too much away, but then, you know, back uh are they in star city where are they at where we have um connor is like hanging out with with uh, roy harper and black canary and you know they're taking down some bad guys and then they come across someone and uh so it's kind of like a reunion for roy which was a, a nice moment but then it's like something weird is going on here because you know this reunion where just why was there a a lack of time between, you know, when these people weren't around together. So there's some, some cool things there, but then there's like a bigger picture going on. So it's like, wait, what, what does Oliver know now that we don't know that he's okay being where he's at, you know, on this, whatever Island thing and not like in a rush to get back. So it was, that was kind of, kind of weird. And then, um, that's it for, for for dc i think we're gonna go through uh comics really really quickly this this week at marvel uh there was an alien comic and it, it's so it's it's written by declan Shelby and it's it's an okay story um i i i don't know if it's maybe i'm just not a big huge alien fan and i know that that's almost like sacrilege because you know everyone loves alien but there, there's still something. It's like Alien and Predator, even kind of like Planet of the Apes, and sometimes like almost like Star Wars. Sometimes I feel like the comics just just kind of don't quite work. Kind of feel a little, little weird. Um, and and I think it, it's it's more the the colors, and it just it, it just it's kind of. It's it's kind of distracting because it, it just it doesn't feel like a movie and you know it doesn't have to, but we have here so this is kind of taking place you know there's an established timeline where stuff are, is happening, and uh, you know these people are this like, Arctic dig or whatever and uh, a face hugger is found frozen in the ice and uh, they don't quite realize what it is and like the like the implications or what what this can mean but then of course there's gonna be like evil corporation that gets wind of it and it's gonna want it so bad things are are gonna happen then there's avengers beyond um so this is continuing from the avengers what was it avengers all out i forget what it was called so we have the beyonder who's been kind of sort of manipulating the the team the heroes and, you know, making them kind of forget things and, and pushing them, it's not really pushing them in certain directions, but there's this, like, other species that is, like, after them, and... uh, uh Yeah, I i, I mean, it's, it's weird to think of someone that could be, like, more... Because the Beyonder almost seems, like, childlike in, in a way, but it's the idea that there's someone, like, that the Beyonder would be scared of is just weird. Betsy Braddock, Captain Britain... Yeah, I, I don't know. I'm just not super crazy about this, and and I don't know if it's like the politics of you know what's what's going on stuff with Krakoa and and London, and uh, it's just just kind of weird. And I, I I still I still think it's weird that Betsy and Rachel are together when I, I figure like how many decades, how many you know hundreds of issues they've been together, and there's never been any any hint that either one, unless I totally missed it. But I never ever would have thought or realized that either one were bisexual. And again, that, that's totally fine. I, I don't have an issue with that. Because, you know, we know Rachel, she was married, wasn't she married to Franklin or they were dating, you know, in the f- days of future past? But it, it's also, I, I I think part of the thing is that makes it weird is because, like, you know, Rachel is Jean and Scott's daughter. So, you know, there's supposed to be this age difference, even though because of time travel, it's not quite the same, but that's just, it's like, that's Gina Scott's kid, even though she doesn't exist in this era, this timeline. I don't know. It's, it's just, it's just weird. Um, Captain America, Symbol of Truth, issue 12. So we have Cap, Steve um, and Sam Wilson, the two Captain Americas together, uh, fighting, and um, with Misty Knight and Sharon Carter. So, you know, Bucky's doing some bad things and, you know, he's, is, has he full, does he playing the game or is he evil? He's not evil, but Sam's all mad because, you know, he released this war criminal that, you know, he just dealt with. And, you know, there, he gave him kind of like the army from uh, dimension Z the Arnim Ar- Ar- Zola dimension. So it's like, what, what's going on here? I don't know. And, you know, Sam's, but it's weird because Sam's all like, you know, we got to take him down no matter what. But Steve is like, I know I can get through to him, so we got to give him that the chance. But, you know, Sam's all like, nope, no chance. Just take him out, which is, like, extreme. I don't know. Uh, Daredevil issue 10. So the Avengers finally arrived. They're picking a fight with Daredevil and, and the hand and all them. Like, you let bad guys out of out of jail and electric killed the president it's like no she killed a puppet that's not even a real president that was created by the hand and it's but it's like bust down the door ask questions later you know the avengers don't care they're getting all hoity-toity and i still think it's so stupid it's like okay you're going all out you're going they're not even in a country i don't even know where they're holding up you're going elsewhere seeking out daredevil to bring him to justice meanwhile punishers killing people how many thousands does Punisher killed by now? And there's so many other villains that are killing innocent people, yet you're going after Daredevil, who's always been a hero. You don't even say, hey, dude, what, what's, what the heck are you doing? What's up? You just like start attacking. It's just, it's just so hypocritical. I, it, just, it drives me nuts. And I love Chip Zdarsky's writing, and I get why we, we have to have this, so we have the drama, we have the conflict, but it's just like, ugh. Um, then there's daredevil issue six I, I i like daredevil but this issue it started getting it's like this is this is too much the whole thing is you know daredevil with a girlfriend and it's like oh yay he's he's got a girlfriend but it it just seems so unrealistic why there's absolutely no it does not make sense why this scientist is is in love with daredevil or, or deadpool you know he has a horrible personality you know an annoying personality he doesn't have the looks i just i don't get it so they go out and just date and but i uh, don't i just i i don't know uh dr strange issue two so dr strange and clea go do a house call um because moon knight called clea and it's funny because steven uh, Dr. Strange isn't crazy about Moon Knight and I guess he doesn't like the fact that Moon Knight and clay are, are friends he's like jealous but uh, they have to go to the nightmare dimension then uh, there was there was a Guardians of the Galaxy issue I didn't read this, Bane and Blastar uh, it's, it's one of those it's, Ralph Macchio wrote it um, It's it's kind of like out of continuity type of thing, or like its own continuity, I think, sort of. So I, I just didn't read it because of time and all that. Hulk issue four. This is wrapping up the Hulk. Um, so I think this is the end of this volume and uh, the, the Planet Hulk stuff like that. So I just kind of started falling off of that. Invincible Iron Man issue five. So you can see Emma Frost is there and you know she's talking, working with Tony, filling him in on this Fei Long. What's this dude's name? His Fei Long something. But because you know he was an X Men villain, and now it's it's just annoying that he paylong Long has control of Stark Enterprises, and he has everything, all of Tony's stuff, and and then he finds like some secret stuff, like Tony's like inheritance, like messages like from his dad, and it's the fact that like Tony never knew about this. Cause he's like come on, man, like how can he not know? Mary Jane and Black Hat issue five, so they're in limbo. You know, they're supposed to be getting the sword, swords, soul sword for Belasco so he can send them back home. And But whoever grabs the sword, it's going to be bonded to them. And what's how it? What, so that, 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 was a, that was a good issue. But what's interesting is there is a little more mention here of Mary Jane's relationship with Paul where it was kind of alluded to before, but now in Amazing Spider-Man, we're getting more answers. I guess you can mention that. Of Sins of, of Sinister, I am just not reading this. I, I, I saw someone mention the latest issue. I don't know, was it this one? Like, it was really good, and you should be reading I just, I'm not reading any of these, and I don't want to read any of these. So, um, I, I just, I worry that, I'm gonna be confused, like with whatever happens. Like this is gonna lead into the next big X Men thing, but I guess that's how it goes. Uh, Star Wars, Darth Vader, uh, black, white, and red, issue one. I I like the first story. Second one was okay, and then by no, the second one was uh, it just it was like a silent story, and it's like okay, and then the third one, I I just at that point, I'm just like I'm, I'm kind of done with Darth Vader because this is my problem with all of these red white and you know black they're they're cool to see you know the art is very cool and with the you know hints of of red here and there but a lot of times it's like okay this is just like a short story is it going to have any impact on anything and it it, you know if, if you love the character it's great to get more but a lot of times it just feels like it's like this isn't it's like it's this is taking my time and money and it's not really a, like having leaving a lasting impact. The nice thing about the first story is it's continuing. So it's not like just going to be like an 8-page story and that's it. So it's like it's setting things up, teasing you and then it's like, "Oh, now you got to wait." So that was fine. Um strange academy finale. So end end of the semester year whatever it is and uh the fight goes on and and then um it's like, "Oh, wait, now it's time to welcome new students." So I don't know how many, because I, I, I don't think that the was, the students have necessarily graduated. You know, would they keep going there? Because how long is it? It's has it just been a year? Already doing some crazy thing and saying no, it's been longer. But I don't know. Thor issue thirty three. I haven't been really reading Thor so much lately. Um, I flipped through this one and there's like stuff with Doctor Doom. I was like, wait, what is going on? So I was just kind of confused. Then uh, I didn't read. Venom. I don't read Venom. I don't care for Venom. Um, Wasp issue four. I'm kind of wondering. Like, did I read issue three? Because I was reading this. I love these like the, the covers, the Tom O'Reilly covers. But the uh, it's just I really dig the art here. Even the, like the interiors are, are, are good. And um, this is a last issue here, so it was nice to see Janet and Nadia. I mean, I really like Nadia. Nadia Van Dyne, uh, you know Hank's daughter. Uh, she, I. I I love the uns, unstop, not the unstoppable wasp. What was her thing? I mean, yeah, I think it was unstoppable wasp. I, I enjoyed that series, and then it, it kind of veered off a little bit, but uh, so it, it was good. So even though as I was reading this, I'm like, what the heck is going on? But um, I I like the characters, and it said we're gonna see more wasp somewhere. So I don't know. But it was weird seeing wasp here and wasp and She Hulk last week. It's just like. Felt like two different characters almost but then um i guess that's it that's that's it for for comics this week so i guess there wasn't a whole lot or me i just didn't read a whole lot so that's it for comics all right then superman and lois season three episode six of sound mind so it starts off clark goes to like a support group for spouses of chemo patients you know patients with with cancer People are talking about how, like, how they're doing. One guy says that you know, his wife's scans are clear, but the doc keeps warning, "You know, it won't always be like that." So it's hard for him to think about when it's time for the end. And then the, the therapist leading the group she tells a story about her husband. She's like, "I haven't shared this in a while, but you know, her, her husband had colon cancer, and he was a runner. He kept pushing, you know, doing all this stuff, and then his body started deteriorating. But he just kept pushing. And then she realized that he was pushing for her. So then she finally told him, like." It's okay to let go. And and Clark's just like, he's like, yeah, you know, taking this in. Lois is talking. I don't know what this lady's name. So I I think I referred to her as lady number two because there's the two ladies. I call her number two because there was one, there's two of them, and she was like the one closest to where Lois was sitting. So she's lady number two. So they're in the like the, the chemo room together and, and it turns out that this lady was born and raised in Hobbs Bay. Lois gets a bunch of files from Mannheim and everything. And then as they leave, you know, Clark comes back and he's like, you know, pushing the cart with all the files. Yeah. Um, Lois asks, She's like, Are you okay? He's like, Oh, I'm fine. He's like, group just wasn't for me. At Lana's, Sophie's upset because You know, Lana said that they'd watch a movie, but Lana's like, but there's a big mess at work that I have to deal with. Then Sophie's like, well, can I come with you? And Lana's like, "Uh, I'm already late for an interview with Chrissy Beppo. Sarah's sitting at the table, like doing homework. She's like studying. So Lana's like, maybe you can do some fun with your sister. And Sarah's like, mom, no. She's like, I have to finish studying for my geometry midterm. She's like, why can't dad take her? And Lana's like, because it's not his day. But if you want to ask him, be my guest. And Sarah's like, Are you serious? When she starts leaving. And Lana's like, I believe in you. And then she leaves, which is like, Lana's kind of a jerk. (laughs) So then Sophie asks Sarah, She's like, Do you want to play a game I downloaded? And she's like, You can be a zombie cat. And she just heard Sarah saying she has a midterm that she's studying. And Sarah's like, I'm up to my ears in trapezoid. She's like, Maybe later. And Sophie's just like, Eh. (laughs) like We haven't seen Sophie in, like, I don't know if we've seen her, like, all season. It's like, there's no point. But now she's just whining and complaining. Chrissy is sitting in Lana's office, like, waiting for her. And then she's, like, texting Kyle. She's like, I can't wait to see you tonight. And there's, like, heart and kissy emojis. And then Lana comes in. And then she apologized for being late because she's like, there's never enough time. And Chrissy's like, no, I get it and everything. She's like, you're a mayor. You're a single mom. Lana's like, well, it's more than that. But, you know, it's it's just weird and you know her and kyle are still trying to figure out the whole co-parenting thing and chrissy kind of like looks looks down because obviously she's feeling bad or awkward because she's kind of hooking up with kyle at the farm jonathan's wearing this like baggy firehouse uniform because he's volunteering at at the firehouse he's he says that he looks like a deflated balloon mr cushing kyle said that he has to wear that until he earns a new one and then lois is like who's rusty because there's the name on the back he's like, I don't know, but the crew said that he died in that uniform. (laughs) Clark just smiles because he gets it. You know, Kyle's just giving him a hard time and initiation, all that. Jordan zips in, talking about beating a Kryptonian training program at at the fortress. Then he starts making fun of Jonathan because he's just a stupid jerk. He's like, oh, you look like a guy who made a wish to be a kid again. See, this is the the thing that, that sucks about Jordan having the powers and Jonathan not. And and maybe it's it's years of abuse because Jonathan was always the athlete and everything like that. But Jordan's just like just he's, he seems like he's such a jerk about it. Jordan um, thinks that him beating the hologram means that he can do some saves on his own. And Clark's like, uh, that's not what I said. He's like, but it's probably what you wanted to hear. And then so Clark hears something. He's like, it's it's Sam. He's like, it's your dad. He's like, something happened with Deadline. So Lois is like, well, it's been over a month since you fought him. You know, maybe he's ready to talk. And George's like, can I go too? And Clark's like, why don't you just stay here with your mom? So Superman, Sam tells Superman that Mr. Stefano, Deadline, insists that he'll only talk to Superman. And he says that he's sick. And so they open the door. Mr. DeStefano is like, take me to Bruno Mannheim. And Superman scans him. And he's like, he's got tumors everywhere. He's, he's like, obviously, he's in pain. He's like, take me or I die. So Sam's just like, just take him. So Superman zips over to Bruno's office, sets him on the Stefano deadline on the sofa. And Bruno's like he's sitting at his desk. like, you're crossing a red line coming back here. And Superman's like, he's dying. He says that only you can save him. And deadline's like, I didn't tell him anything. Bruno asks Superman, he's like, well, what do you want from me? He's like, I'm not a doctor. Superman says that you know his body's being torn apart. He's like, well, then you better take him to a hospital. So Superman just zips off with him. Jonathan's working at the firehouse. He's like cleaning, you know, wiping down the, the fire uh, fire truck. Sarah comes in and she's like, "Hey, Rusty," because that's the back of his shirt. And Sophie's there too, so Sarah's there to pick her up and says, "She's like, Mom's making dinner." Sophie whines, "She's like, but we didn't do get to do anything." And Kyle's like, "Sweetie, it's like I'm at work. What'd you expect?" She's like, "I don't know. Something fun. When's the fair coming?" Kyle's like, uh, "That's not until summer." He's like, "I'll take you." Then they leave. He continues giving Rusty, Jonathan, a hard time. Because, you know, every time he's, he thinks he's done cleaning the truck, then he's like, oh, you missed this spot. You got to do this. Superman returns to the farm. He tells Lois the Deadline died. Uh, you know, they definitely had a deal, but Mannheim wouldn't admit it. She says that he had stage four lymphoma before he was released from prison. There's only one other who was released. who was also terminal, and that was Henry Miller. He had XK and Clark's blood in the system. So Lois like, what if... You know just a big what if she's like what if it's not about powers but bruno's trying to keep these guys alive then jordan comes home he's he's a a mess in his new suit he said that there was a flash flood in utah and there was like a wall of water and he saved like a, a hiker and a yoga instructor or something and clark's like jordan he's like how many times do i have to say it you know no saves without me we still don't know your limits what if you got hurt or worse Lois says that she told him he could go, and Clark's kind of, like, shocked. She's like, I know. I'm sorry. It was just a flood. I thought he'd be okay, and there wasn't time to check with you. He looks at Jordan. He's like, you think you're ready? He's like, okay, tomorrow it's you and me at the fortress. So here's the thing. Jordan knows that Clark doesn't want him doing this. So he it's like, you know, it's the whole ask the other parent thing because he knows that, that dad would say no, so he asks mom. Uh, bizarro Superman the dead body whatever he's, he's being pumped with like XK or whatever in Superman's blood Onomatopoeia says, says this is reckless Bruno says that they have no choice but to act now Chrissy's at Kyle's and they're laying in bed going at it then she kind of gets distracted because she says that she interviewed Lana today and whole time she couldn't stop thinking of Kyle and he's like oh he's, she's like no it was awful She's like, it was like Edgar Allan Poe hearing the heart beating out of her chest or something, you know, the one, one story, whatever. So she wants to tell Lana, but he's like, I get it. He's like, but it's so soon after the divorce. He's like, you know, I don't want anyone to get hurt, especially my girls. He's like, you know, they've been through enough. And he's like, can you just give me a little more time, babe? And then she's like, I like when you call me babe. <laughs> Lois tells Clark that James Stefano had three girls. They lost her dad today. Then he sees that she's doing a bunch of paperwork and and she says that because you know, he's like what are you doing and she's like i'm doing what we should have done a long time ago it's embarrassing so it's like power of attorney last will and testament end of life decision clark's not too happy about this she's like well you know it doesn't have to be a big deal but today was a reminder that we need to be ready just in case and clark's like there's no reason for any of this and she's like except for the fact that i have cancer a disease that killed a man in front of you this morning he's like i know but that was different and she's like how he was one of Mannheim's test subjects. I mean, who knows what other chemicals he was exposed to. Besides, babe, you're young and strong. He's like, I know you're going to get through this. She's like, Clark, can we at least consider? Nope, I don't have to. He starts to walk out. She's like, Clark, come on. He's like, look, if you want to have all these papers in order to feel better, fine. But I'm telling you, it's not necessary. And he just walks out of the room. At the fortress, clark and jonathan or clark and jordan go over simulation results clark says that they only tell him so much and jordan's like come on he's like i've literally done everything you asked and clark says that you know you're only half kryptonian you're still growing we don't know all your vulnerabilities so jordan mentions his strength and clark's like it's not just about strength it's about risk assessment tactics experience okay well how am i supposed to get experience if you won't even let me try He's like, you'll get your chance. You just have to be patient. I have been patient. You you can't hold me back just because you're afraid. He's like, I, I didn't mean that. And Clark's like, you really think you're ready? Okay. So he calls up a simulation. Jordan's like, I already beat this guy. And then Clark's like, okay, let's turn, up, you know, turn it up a notch. Jordan's like, okay, bring it. Lois is having lunch with lady number two at Hobbs Bay, the summer restaurant. It's pretty fancy. And Lois is like, has this place always been here? And she's like, oh, in one form or another. She's like, I remember when it had red vinyl seats and you could bring your own wine. So they start talking about Clark and the lady said she recognized the look on his face and Lois says like, you know, he he says, if he says everything's gonna be okay one more time, I'm gonna lose it. She's like, Clark is amazing. One of the most optimistic people I know. It's like one of the things I love about him. But anytime that I even acknowledge that not everyone beats cancer, he just refuses to believe that I could be one of them. And the lady says that, you know, that's, you know a reality they have to you know face all day every day and she says that her husband is still trying to wrap his head around it too kyle texts christy and sarah she's like he's like oh you're pretty chipper and then jonathan knocks on the door and kyle's like hey trusty rusty so he, he says that he's there to study with sarah if that's okay he's like by all means he asked sarah to keep an eye on her sister that he'll be right back and then she's like okay then <laughs> sophie comes out did dad leave and Sarah's like, uh, "Do you see him here?" But I'm hungry. And she's like, "Sophie, we gotta study. If you're hungry, go get something to eat." She walks over to the fridge, opens it. There's it's there's like nothing. She's like, pickles, or condiments, or whatever. There's like nothing in there because Kyle's a bachelor and he doesn't think about shopping, which is insulting because I do shopping like all the time. At the restaurant, Lois is like, "Oh, this food is amazing." She's like, "I just wish I had an, you know an appetite." And then she's like, how come I never heard of this place? And the lady's like, no one pays attention to Hobbs Bay and up until recently. And Lois says, it seems like Bruno Mannheim likes to take most of the credit for that. And the lady's like, well, it's not wrong. She's like, look at what he's done for the schools, you know, all the new parks, the hospital. And she's like, it's his investments that brought this neighborhood back to life. And Lois is like, yeah, but where'd all that money come from? You know, she's like, I can't prove it yet, but I think the hospital's a cover for something. And the lady's like, you mean something bad? Lois is like, it's too soon to tell. And she, the lady's like, and you're basing this theory on a, a feeling looks like the same one that has led, led me to every big story I've ever broken. Ladies like, well, yeah, I'm not going to argue with Lois Lane, but the hospital has done so much good for so many. I, I mean, including you and the doctors there five years ago, they, you know, they took the time they cared. They caught things that my first team missed. If they hadn't, I wouldn't be here. So it's hard for me to just imagine them doing things that could hurt people los is like you're right he's like, I- i'm sorry at the fortress jordan's fighting like two hologram opponents they seem kind of slow and they, they both attack from the front and the back and then you know they, they both blasted jordan he just like jumps up they take each other out he's like i could do this all day and then he gets hit by a bunch of beams and he's like all right that wasn't fair and Clark's like, fair's got nothing to do with it. You have to make sure you've disarmed all your enemies. Then he gets hit by like another laser and the shoulder. He's like, all right, enough of the sucker punch lasers. And he's like, Jordan, this is the real world. These guys will be trying to kill you every time. And it takes one one mistake to lose everything. And then pew, pew, pew. He like ducks and then he zooms up to him. He's like, okay, this is stupid. Every time I finish one of your lessons, you just add another and Clark's like, because I'm trying to keep you safe and alive, if you would just stop fighting me and listen, all I've done is listen and wait, and I'm sick of it. He's like, I'm trying to teach you something. Yeah, but it's not about me. I just don't think you can handle someone else being super too. He zips off like a big baby. Big super baby. Sarah and Jonathan are still studying at Kyle's apartment. Then Lana shows up, you know, she knocks and she's like, How's the studying going? And whatever, where's your sister? And Lana, or Sarah's like, oh, she was hungry, and I told her to get something to eat. And Lana's like, alone? She's like, how long ago was that? And Jonathan's like, uh, this is like right after I showed up. And Sarah like looks at time. She's like, it was about an hour ago, because she didn't realize it was so long. And Lana's like, where's your dad? And Sarah's like, he went to run an errand, I think. Mom, I'm I'm so sorry. Uh, we could check the house. So John's like, we could take my truck. And Lana says that, you know, she's like, we're going to find her. She probably went to Britton Dunn's and got into the comics and lost track of time. So Britton Dunn's is the, like the convenience store. So Lana goes there. She finds Kyle like in the back of the store. And she's like, I've been calling you like crazy. He's like, oh, yeah, I was you know, in a out-of-cell service area. So she tells him Sophie's missing. And he's like, she's supposed to be at the apartment. And Lana's like, well, why weren't you with them? He's like, well, I had a thing. And she's like, what kind of thing? It's like, none of your business. He's like, a hike. He's like, Lana, I had plans. And he's like, and I took her yesterday. And she's like, oh, sorry to inconvenience you with your own daughter. Yet here's Missy poopy pants who is never with her kids because she's always doing mayor stuff. So he's like, that's not what I meant. And she's like, you should have taken her with you. But it's like, dude, you're one to talk. And then and Lana's like, and since when do you hike? Never once in 20 years. And then she looks on the other side of the aisle and finds Chrissy looking all sheepish. And then to Kyle, she's like, really? And she's like, w-. or maybe she said that to, to Chrissy. And then Kyle, she's like, wow. He's like, I can explain. No explanation is necessary. I need to go find my daughter. She's like, what a hypocrite. Jordan zips to the farm. Clark follows him. He's like, leave me alone. And Lois like, what's wrong? Dad shot me with a laser. And she's like, what? and Clark's like, he's overreacting. And she's like, not if you shot him with a laser. He's like, babe, it's fine. Not if you shot him with a laser. He's like, it wasn't me. It was a program. I'm just trying to prepare her for the worst. He like yells up at him. She's like, okay, so then it's just, it's different when it comes to me. She's like, I'm just saying you walked out of therapy and you said it wasn't for you. And last night you walked out of the bedroom, refusing to believe that I can die. She's like, what's going on with you? So he talks, about you know their first day at Hobbs Bay Medical when the lady was talking about a feeling, a pull to surrender, when things get bad, like it'd just be easier to give in than the support group the therapist was telling you know her husband to let go and and she's like she's like, Okay, so you're worried that I'm just gonna give up? He's like, No, of course not. Well that's basically what you he implied. It's like, no it's not he's like, no, but I mean now you're you know writing a will and acting like you might not make it and she's like because I might not, I'm not you you don't get sick. Bullets literally bounce off you. But everyone else on earth, all the rest of us, could drop dead at any moment, at any day. And you not acknowledging that that's how it is isn't helping me. He's like, okay, Lois. is like, I'm always going to believe that you're going to beat this. I'm not going to fixate on the alternative being a possibility. She's like, it already is. And you acting like, cancer or old age or some random bus that doesn't see me crossing the street isn't a possibility he's like wait that's not what I'm saying but you're failing to see that this is my reality cancer is my villain Clark and you keep acting like it doesn't exist so she starts to leave and she's like I'm going for a ride and just just please don't follow me and while I'm gone maybe apologize to your son for laser beaming him or whatever the hell that was which is like he's in charge he if Lois was teaching one of the boys how to write or how just, you know, Clark wouldn't butt in. But she's uh, getting all butting in about his ways to teach to be a superhero. All hypocrites in this show. Sarah calls out to Sophie at the house. And Jonathan, you know, she's all upset and everything. He's like, it's not your fault. He's like, I was there too. She's like, yeah, but she's my sister. It's like, no matter how hard I try, I always screw things up and let my family down. And Jonathan's like, nice try, rookie. He's like, I took space drugs and destroyed high school football for the entire town. And Sarah's like, yeah, your massive failures do kind of make me feel better. So he's like, what are Sophie's favorite places? And like the movie theater, but they're still playing Dumb Einstein, which is supposed to be that horror movie that uh, Nat and Sam were supposed to go to. Then she remembers what Sophie said to her dad about, I'm assuming, about the fair, right? So then we see Sophie sitting at the empty fairgrounds, and Sarah calls out to her, leave me alone. It's like, what? An annoying brat. And she's like, go away. Go away. And Jonathan's like, he's like, I think I got it. He's like, let me try. So he walks up to her. He's like, last summer was my first time at the fair. And Sarah says, you, you guys used to go all the time. You know, it must be tough with everything that you're, you know, with, with your mom and your dad. And she's like, everyone always forgets about me. They never want me around It's because you're so friggin' annoying. He's like, I know how you feel. I mean, in my family, I'm pretty much the one that's left out. So Kyle comes running up you know, while while they're talking, he's like, my parents, my brother, they're all kind of a big deal. So, and she's like, Jordan's not a big deal. I mean, Sarah dumped him. (laughs) He like chuckles. He's like, that's true. You're not wrong. Kyle comes up to Sarah and she like stops him. She's like, "Just, just give him a second. So Jonathan continues. Like when I first moved here, it was like everyone from my old life was just gone. And I felt really alone. I even tried convincing my parents to let me move back to Metropolis. She's like, on your own? He's like, yeah, it wasn't a good idea. He's like, I was just upset. He's like, sometimes I just took that out of my brother. And when things got tough, he always had my back. That's what family does. But that's your family. Mine doesn't care about me. He looks over at Kyle and Sarah. He's like, I kind of doubt that. He's like, you just seen how fast your sister made me drive. I should probably lose my license. And then Sarah, you know, and Kyle come up, and then Sarah hugs Sophie, and she's like, I was so worried. And Kyle's like, we all were. He so then they were like, you know, we should get her home. Mom's probably out, you know, halfway across somewhere looking for her or whatever. Then Sarah, like, whispers thank you to Jonathan. They start walking away. Kyle hangs back for a second. He's like, might be a new shirt in your future, little Kent. And he, like, kind of pats, squeezes his shoulder. Clark goes to Jordan's room. He's sulking on the bed. He's like, I know you're mad at me. I just want to say I'm sorry. You're a great kid, and your heart's in the right place. And every day, I'm amazed at how far you've come. But but there's no reason to rush this. I've had a lifetime of experience and plenty of mistakes to become who I am. Yeah, and you had to figure it out by yourself. I have Superman to learn from. There's no better teacher than that. And then Clark hears someone yelling, Superman! And Jordan, like, hears, please hurry! And it's like, he's like, Mom. And Clark's like, stay here. Shoo! Zips out. He lands on a street in Metropolis. It's onomatopoeia mimicking Lois. Then, um, so pay is a woman, right? We're we clear on that, we're pretty sure at this point. You know, it's kind of hard to tell, but because she's always like in dark, but it seems like a very slim physique. Let's she lets out this intense like supersonic whirring. Superman covers his ears, and he gets this other blast. He go, gets sent like flying into a building. Inside, there's like three armed goons in there, and they're shooting like kryptonite lasers at him, and he's like pinned down from like you know, three different directions at the farm jordan's like surprised when lois comes home he's like mom you're okay and she's like why wouldn't i be he's like we heard you screaming and she's like okay calm down and tell me what happened he's like i don't know it sounded like you were hurt so dad told me to stay here then he left to find you and she's like you need to listen for your father and tell me exactly what you hear so at superman's so still pinned down he's like struggling get up he finally he does get up on a manapea. On it's like impressive Superman's eyes go red and an onomatopoeia lets out another blast and he's like pinned against like a concrete column by the, the, the three, you know, kryptonite blasts and onomatopoeia she's just still letting out. Then he lets out a big scream because, you know, it's just like painful and everything. Jordan's like, we have to call grandpa. And Lois like, the DOD won't make it in time. She's like, you need to help him. Dad said I wasn't ready. Then prove him wrong. You can do this, Jordan. Go save your father. And then phew, he takes off. He arrives, and he, he takes out the three soldiers. Onomatopoeia, her blast, like, knocks him down, and a soldier gets up and shoots Jordan with, like, a K-blast. It's, like, not the laser, because it kind of engulfs him. And Superman's like, no! And then he uses his eyes go red. So heat blast, heat vision blasts the dude. Onomatopoeia, blah is still blasting at him he pushes forward and he knocks her down and he rushes to jordan and he has this big green blast in his chest and then you know he's like no jordan whatever and then and superman hugs him so i mean his his outfit was kind of like blasted away but maybe he just got the wind knocked out of him jonathan comes home he's like check it out mom he has a shirt that says little kent he's like no more musty rusty he's like i'm moving up in the world and then he's like, are you okay? Then Jordan and Clark come home, and she's like, it's all right. And Jordan's like, Mom, you were right. I took down a bunch of bad guys. even got shot by kryptonite, and I didn't get hurt. Even though he was, like, unconscious for, like, a few seconds. And Clark's like, we're going to run more tests at the fortress, but it seems like kryptonite doesn't affect him the same way. And Jonathan's like, what did I miss? And so Clark's like, oh, just Jordan saving my life. Jordan points... At his shirt, he's like, little Kent, what are you, the worst rapper in Kansas? And Jonathan, see, he's, like, such a jerk. Because here, Jonathan is actually working hard. Jordan has the luxury of these powers, so everything is going to be a little easier. Even though he's doing a lot, it's still going to be easier. So Jonathan's like, okay, well, uh, Sarah thought it was cool. so And he, like, walks out. And Jordan's like, you hung out with Sarah? And he, Yo. He, like, goes after him. Lois says that she's sorry, and he's like, no, you were right. He's like, you know, he's, he says he's been in his head lately. When he heard her calling for help, he didn't even think, and he's like, you know, Jordan could have gotten hurt, but the human side that he got from her saved him, so it might make him stronger than him, which that just seems weird. She says that she's just glad that they're both okay, and it, then Clark's like, when he got shot, that was the worst moment of my life. It's like living in a nightmare, and I... I realize I've been so obsessed with keeping him safe because for the first time, I can't keep you safe. He's like, I feel really powerless, and she's like, Yeah, this is different from anything we faced. Even Superman has his limits. He's like, I don't want to lose you. It's it's terrifying, and she's like, Well, you know, maybe someday she'll feel the pull, but she has every intention of beating this. And he says that he's going to con- um, continue believing that she's going to beat this, but he promises he'll be there for her in whatever way she needs. For you know, however she needs him to be, and then they hug. Sophie's playing like a game on her iPad or whatever. And then Lana comes in and and apologizes. You know, she's been so busy; she didn't realize how she felt. So yeah, no kidding, Lana. Sarah's like, I've been a crappy big sister. She's like, uh, Do you want to play a video game with me? And Sophie's like, Zombie Cat Chasers. And Sarah's like. You know, I don't really get that one, but if you like evil pets, wait until you see the zombie dogs. And she holds up this game called Demon Kennel Six Six Six, and Lana's like, "All right, <laughs> let's do it." And Sophie's like, "You don't play video games," and she's like, "Excuse me, I used to crush at Burger Time." And Sarah kind of looks at her like, "What?" And she's like, "You know where you make the burgers and her thing?" And she's like, "Okay, it sounds stupid." To her. So Sarah asks Sophie to help get Dad's gamer stuff out of the garage. And She's like well maybe Dad wants to play too and Lana's like you know what maybe another time and then she's left thinking about Kyle and Chrissy It's like well, you divorced him even though he deserved it because he cheated but still Kyle shows up at the Gazette he says that he's not sure um, she's getting his text but and she's like, well I'm glad no she's like I'm glad Sophie's okay but I, I I've been busy he apologizes you know for everything and but she's like you know I wanted to say something and now Lana hates me he's like she doesn't hate you and she's like well i'm pretty sure that you're about to break up with me so why don't you just get it over with he's like whoa whoa no 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 it's like that's not even close to what's happening here he says that he's surprised that he found someone like her so fast and you know lana finding out like that was a shock but he promises she's not mad at her and is like well i don't want her to be mad at you either and he's like well hopefully she's not but um it's complicated she's like well where does that leave us and he's like well i thought maybe we could stop sneaking around and make this a little more public then he's like chrissy whatever beppo will you be my girlfriend and she's like um yeah at metropolis Hobbs bay it's a group session clark walks in the therapist's like oh mr kent we're not sure if you're gonna see you again and he's like would you you know what so and so just finished would you like to share so he talks um about her story with her husband you know he couldn't imagine saying that to his wife it just scared him you know he continues from there on amount comes up to secret lab she tells bruno she's like superman's still alive she's like i can't do this anymore clark's in his group She's saying that it affected the way he dealt with his family like the, the people that are more important to him than and than anything he's like there's so much that they don't know and so much uncertainty lois is at the restaurant i don't know why she went back there she's alone she's looking at pictures behind the host stand there's like a picture of bruno there or whatever Anamana Peya says that her powers are fading. Then she goes to take off her mask. And right when she comes in, you know what's going on. It's lady number two, the lady that Lois went to lunch with that's getting chemo. She's like, it's I'm getting worse. She's like, I can feel it. Bruno's like, don't worry. He's like, Dr. Hook is so close. He's like, "Peia, I'm gonna save you. So her name is P-E-I-A. Because I kept looking at IMDB, it's like she wasn't even listed. And at first I was like, why isn't Anamana Pea listed? And probably because I was looking for An Paya and she was listening to her Pea, or maybe I don't know but who's paya is is she related to him anyway or just someone he knows so Clark says that you know what he does know is that he has to be the best version of himself so he can be there for his wife and his boys in a way that they need, and that's why he's here to ask for help, and that's the end of the episode, so it's a it's a good episode you know it's 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 still dealing with you know just the whole cancer thing you know i've said it over and over again that it's it seems like a little cheesy like you know like oh this is like the the promo of the week thing but they're they're doing a really good job with it and it's good for you know superman to see like the weaknesses and blah 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 and all that stuff so that was good but jordan and lana are just hypocrites and even a little bit of lois but i'll cut her some slack since she's going through a lot okay then with the flash Season 9, episode 9, it's my party, and I'll die if I want to. So at Jitters, Chuck, Allegra, and Cecile are talking about planning for Barry's birthday because it's his 29th birthday. Because I totally forgot about this word. There's something where he's perpetually always going to be 29 or something about his cells constantly regenerating or whatever. So then at Star Labs, um, Iris and Barry are there. She's like, yeah, I left my laptop in here whatever. They go in the room, in the, the big room, whatever, and it's a surprise party. For, with everyone there, Diggle's there, Wally's there, who we haven't seen like forever. Um, Detective Singh later comes up, and he's asking, uh, or not, the t- Captain Singh, Director Singh, whatever his name was. He asks Barry, you know, who he thinks was a better director, captain, or commander, because you know he's not a meta and Kramer is, and and he, she's like, well, I think that makes you more biased because you know you don't know what they're going through, or whatever. So then they're like, Barry, what do you think? And he's like, uh what? And he like kind of weasels his way out. Diggle kind of pulls him away. He's got a special gift. There's this big metal case. So it's like, what could that be? Um, it's, is that, he opens it. Is that Oliver's bow? Diggle's like, yeah, we, we thought we lost it when Earth 38 was destroyed, but Argus found it at National City. He's like, it's hard to believe it's been three years. And he talks about like being at a grocery store with his kids and then the crease just suddenly hitting him. Very like, you know, he kind of lifted the bow up and he puts it down and closes the case. And he's like, he's like, yeah, it's hard when you don't get a chance to say goodbye. And Diggle says, you know, yeah, I'm I'm sorry to hear about Caitlin so soon after losing Frost. And then Barry's like, I can't accept the bow. And Diggle's like, Oliver would have wanted you to have it. And Barry's like, I'm sorry. He's like, we should just display it in the hall. And he just walks away. So it's like, uh, grateful much? Chuck and Allegra are out in the hall. They mention Keon having a problem getting the cakes. There's a line at the bakery whatever. So he figures while they're waiting, he can give her a gift. She's like, it's not my birthday. So it's like a necklace, like a pendant on this chain and it's like this tech pendant. He says it's not just for show, because she's like, Oh, it's beautiful. It wasn't really that beautiful. But he says that he's he knows that she's worried about her identity getting revealed and stuff like that. So it has facial transmorgifier. So she won't have to worry about trying to hide her face. She can just use her awesome powers, whatever. Kramer and Cecile are doing karaoke. Tell me what you want, what you really, really want. <laughs> and it's it, it's kinda of bad. It gets bad. It was okay in the beginning. Then while he's talking to Barry, he, you know, because Barry's out alone on a balcony, he mentions how, you know, he can put his subconscious into speed force. He's been doing it you know, trying to find alternate timelines because if there's other timelines then there's pro- probably other hymns, other Wallys that have already achieved enlightenment and maybe it can help him find it too so but then while he seems to be hiding something but there's something about having baggage and having to deal with and then like is that holding him back because barry like kind of questions it and then he just kind of like shuts down avoids it and like leaves time for a birthday toast so they want barry to do a speech he says he's lucky to have the best friends and family out there um, they take a sip they all feel bad from the drink and Barry looks and there's like something inside no one notices there's like some black goop he tells everyone to stop drinking but then they all start getting woozy and like start passing out except for Barry and Wally and then the black some black ooze comes across the floor and this voice is like oh I didn't get my invitation must have gotten lost in the mail so it's Ramsey Rosso Rosso Bloodwork um, the dude that was in, in Heroes but he's a bad guy now barry zips over slams him against the wall and he's like what did you do whatever and while he's like i don't know you but i'm sure we can solve this without violence and ramsey's like i don't want violence i want to save the world and Barry's like if you've heard iris i will wipe off every cell in your body or whatever and ramsey says that he's talking about this new blood world or whatever nor being born in, in this new world where there's no death or whatever and then he um notices that Chester didn't drink his champagne. So, um, so where did Barry and Wally go? So this one is somewhere else. Cause then it's almost like Ramsey split cause he's like inside the others. Cause I guess I was part of him then the drinks. So he makes the others rise up. They're kind of like zombies, he's controlling them. They go after Chester. And then Ramsey looks at Iris. He says, what happened to Barry and Wally? Cause they're not there. Cause he says to Iris, he's like, oh, how wonderful. It's like, you're sharing your oxygen with Nora and she's sharing her healing factor. And Iris is like, we're going to stop you. He's like, no. He's like, I've been playing the long game. And he raises the glass. He's like, you've already lost. So Barry's in this black, empty space. And he's yelling at Ramsey. So somehow they disappeared. And he's like, you can't fool me again. He's like, those visions were a lie. And ramseys he suddenly appears. He's like, no. He's like, I showed you the possible future, but you refused him. He's like, so this time Ramsey has a more interesting target. Wally finds himself back at home when he was younger. He's like, sees flashes of his mom. She's like calling from the other room or something like that. And she's like, I need my medicine. And he sees like a junkie needle on the couch or whatever. So Wally asks Ramsey, I like, think, why did he bring him there? And Ramsey says that, you know, last time he possessed Barry's body and mind, he was able to see the future. So Wally says that Ramsey is wrong, that the multiverse is dead, whatever, because they were talking about this. He knows because he lost Jesse. And Ramsey asks him, he's like, what did you see when you project your consciousness, alternate timelines or other Earths? He's like, so isn't it possible there's another Jesse Quick out there waiting for you to come find her? Wally like almost reacts, but then he says that he knows Ramsay's just trying to trick him, and he, you know, because he knows himself. And Ramsey's like, then how come haven't you haven't found enlightenment? so he knows that he's been wrestling with the darkness inside him and he wants to help him by unlocking his true potential he kind of like touches him and like wally's eyes start glowing and he starts to like see like stars and cosmo whatever all, all this stuff and then while he kind of snaps out of it he's like i'm not going to take your help by watching everyone i love get turned into a zombie ramsey mentions like how his mom was was too sick as well, and he had to watch her die from that H L H or whatever that that stuff was a disease. So he wants to make it so no one has to watch your loved ones die again. Chester makes it to his lab. You know he's being chased by the zombies, his friends. He locks the door, and an Iris calls from somewhere else because uh, you know she made it out. But then the comms get cut off, and then somehow Allegra's in there. So how did Allegra get get in there before Chester did? Ramsey mentions uh, the the lighting is like is a bit uh, melodramatic because, so it's where Barry's at. It's all dark, but it's, there's kind of like a hint of like red lighting. So he calls out, he's like, we get some different lighting here, whatever. The Spotlight sort of like shifts or whatever. Curtain gets pulled back and they're like, kind of like on a stage, whatever. And then Ramsey kind of starts guiding Barry away. He's like, you're the star of the show. Then he's, uh, brought into the like the csi room and it's like i forget what it said he had like a name plaque for barry and he's supposed to be filming a psa because there's like a dude he's like oh i'm your biggest fan whatever and he's got like cue cards for barry to read and he's like reading and then he's like he's like no no because he didn't want to do this there's a casket being brought out and like frost falls out and then caitlin's there so it's like what is going on then Barry somehow returns to the party room, and he sees Wally leaning against the wall, and he's like, "You know, whatever Ramsey showed you was a lie." And Wally turns around, he's like angry, because he mentions how you know Joe was was his father, and how Barry got to have you know two fathers, and then he and you're arguing, he's like, "I hate you, whatever." And then he like gets close to Barry, his hand vibrates, he pulls out Barry's heart. So Barry's dead. He wakes up on this forest, and you hear. Oh, Barry, 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 what have you done this time? And it's Oliver. And then so they're on his like his arrow quest island or whatever. Barry gets up and he's like, he's like no, Ramsey's messing with my head. Oliver's like, Barry, you need to calm down. And Barry's like, no, you're not real. And he says that you know, Wally attacked him and killed him. Then he's like, is it really you? And Ollie's like, yep. So they hug. Then he's like, if you're here, then that means. And Oliver's like, you're dead. He's like, why do you think I let you hug me for so long? Barry says then the whole world is in danger. Oliver's like, not just a world. He's like, when I took on the power of the Spectre, I thought it was just to create Earth Prime, but I was also making something else, a new multiverse to replace the other one. Barry mentions like Red Death, and Oliver's like, yeah, she's from Earth 4325. He's like, you've been naming him? He's like, well, you know, I got, got time. Allegra is about to get Chester, then the door opens, and it's Keon. Before Allegra... Ramsey, whatever, can attack. Keon waves her hand and kind of freezes Allegra. She says she freezes, like she froze the cells in her body or something like that. She, and Trust like, what'd you do? And she's like, the same thing I did to, you know, the others outside. Barry says to Oliver that he has to take him back, you know, because he's like, you have the power of a God. And Oliver's like, not until there isn't a part of you that doesn't want to go back. Doesn't want to go, doesn't not want to go back. Because he, he couldn't stop thinking about all the people that they lost. You know, he... He said that he fought a mad scientist and got three extra years of life or something like that. He's like, how is that fair? And they'd talk you know, more and more about all this stuff like that. So Oliver gives this big speech about Barry being a guiding light and, and blah, 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 all stuff like that. And he's like, are you ready to keep running? And Barry's like, wait. He's like, you're not going to boot me again. He's like, that messes with the speed force. And Oliver's like, no. He's like, I'm not going to boop you. And it punches him in the face. Barry's back at the party room, like on the floor, and then Oliver's there in his green arrow outfit, and he like helps him up, and Barry's like, oh, living hurts, and he's like, wait, you're back too? Oliver's like, it's only temporary. He's like, I can be here when the multiverse is in danger. So then they go out looking for Ramsey. Flash says that Ramsey's cells are metasizing. so there's this like orb flickering thing in the sky, and then suddenly, whew, they get knocked down by Kid Flash. Flash says that he thought that he was a specter so couldn't he have stopped that oliver says that the attack in the multiverse has drained his powers so now it's green arrow and flash versus ramsey and kid flash Barry and wally run off chasing each other oliver says you are starting to piss me off (laughs) because he's all tough and everything with his whatever raspy voice ramsey says that his work could help with the multiverse then they could all group you know together and no one would have to die Oliver says that the worlds don't belong to Ramsey. And Ramsey's like, You're right. They belong to them. And then several armed officers with riot gear, their eyes are all black, so they're under his zombie control. They have like shields. They come running up to to Green Arrow. He starts fighting all of them, but he can't shoot them. So he has to just, he's like hitting them with his bow. And it's like, must be like magic bow because it like knocks them out, sends them like spinning and flying. But so yeah, so he's fighting him. He can't shoot any of them chester and Keon dig so then they they're out in the hall they find diggle because she froze them all um Keone touches him and then he starts to unfreeze and then he like throws up some black goo and then she's like that's all that she can manage so i guess you know she's kind of drained too barry's chasing wally then he says he's like i'm not gonna fight you and ramsey says you know wallace is gone and Barry goes on about how he's sorry for everything. He's like, not just today. He's like, I'm sorry for the time where you felt you didn't matter. And it seems like it's starting to work. Like uh, while he's starting to fight it, and then he thinks back. You know, there's lightning, whatever. And then he's free. They hug. Now let's go save the multiverse. So Green Arrow's still fighting dudes. Ramsey says like, oh, that's impressive. He's like, let's see how you do against him. There's an explosion at his back before uh, Ramsey can do anything. Diggle shot him with like this bazooka. So Diggle's surprised to see Oliver, and Oliver's like, I can explain. He's like, it doesn't matter. Goes up to him, gives him a big hug. Ramsey's like, oh, how touching. So he says, like, then, now he's like reformed. He almost looks like a giant tyrant from, like, Resident Evil. Flash and Kid Flash speed around him, and then somehow use lightning to, like, as chains to, like, hold his arms down to contain him. So Barry yells at Oliver. He's like, you know, take your shot, whatever. And then Oliver's like, Ramsey Razo." You have failed this city. <laughs> Shoots an the arrow, then the arrow turns like into this green light, and it kind of washes over everything. It's just whoosh, everything, so it's it's over. Star Labs, everyone's back. Ramsey's like on his knees. He's like, "What did you do to me? I'm human again." And Green Arrow says that he cleansed the multiverse of his infectious cells, including the ones inside him. Ramsey's like, "Then then you've killed me too." It's like my H L H will return. Oliver's like, "Well, I took care of that too. Perks of being the Specter." He's like, this way you get to be arrested like a regular criminal and rot to old age. So Ramsey's like, I was going to cure death. He's like, I was going to save the world. And Flash's like, don't worry, that's our job. So back at the party, but they're at Barry and Iris's loft now. He uh, thinks about what he did. You know, he can't believe he's here. He says that, he, you know, Oliver says he's allowed when the multiverse is in danger. Then Kion says, it was you. You were the voice that said to go back to Star Labs so I could save Diggle. And he's like, you're connected to the natural world. So you were able to use your powers to expel the unnatural out of Diggle. And Diggle's like, okay, so now what? And Oliver's like, um, wasn't there a party happening? Iris talks to Wally later, you know, because Barry told her what Ramsey showed him. She mentions, you know, looking inside you, you know, the guilty feeling, you know, all this blah, blah, blah. She's like, that's the philosophy, all the Buddhas, whatever. and he like looks at her. And she's like, what? She's like, I read your long-ass emails. So then he's like, oh, whatever. He's like, you're going to be the best mom. And she's like, you're going to be the best uncle. And he's like, yeah. Oliver talks to Diggle. Diggle says that Lila wants him. He gets a tax award. Lila wants him to go back to debrief her. And he's like, so are you going to go see her this time? And Oliver says that his powers came with rules. So like him and Felicity, their destiny has been written. And he he points to his wedding ring because he's still wearing it. Diggle says, he's like, you'll be proud of her. It's like the kids too. It's like, William's in college and Mia can climb a salmon ladder with the best of them. Then he says that, or Ollie's like, yeah, I I know. He's like, I'm keeping an eye on them, on you too. And we see a flashback with the, the green cube thing that John had. Oliver's like, that cube was designed to tempt you, but you did the right thing by rejecting it. Now, all of your brightest days are ahead of you so is that supposed to be because it was we all thought it was like a green lantern ring and oliver's like they're also all your brightest eyes are ahead of you because they'll be spent with your family and he's like you're my family too oliver he's like i'm just glad i get to say goodbye this time they hug then at the one bar the only single bar in central city oliver and barry are having a beer and barry asks like about the other earths like how many flashes are there he's like um more than enough Oliver mentions how he should be proud, you know, the number of times he saved the city. He's like, "What is it like 170?" and Barry's like, "180." And Barry's like, oh, "I owe it all to you." He's like, "I don't know what my life would be like if I didn't take the train to Star City." He's like, "You made me a better hero." And Oliver's like, "Barry, you made me a better man." So he do their last toast. The check comes. Barry kind of like slides it or pushes it towards Oliver. He's like, "You're a billionaire." And Oliver's like, he's like, "You can't take it with you." So he says, uh, you know, Oliver can see everything, right? he's like, do you think I'm doing enough with my powers, my time here? He's like, well, Barry, you tell me. Do you give people hope? Are you moving through your city like a guardian angel? Do you make a difference? He's like, that bolt of lightning chose you. Don't ever forget it. He's like, oh, he's like starting to walk away. Like, is he going to the bathroom? But he's like, oh, and happy birthday. Barry kind of like looks down like, oh, shucks. And he looks up, he's gone. He's like, Thanks. He puts some money on the the check thing and and leaves. That's the end. So it it was good to see Oliver back. You know he's he's a a little I I don't know if I'd say arrogant or whatever, but it was cool to see him. So it it was a a nice episode. And uh, yeah, there there was a news report like what it's like the flash showrunner that called him. And I kind of convinced him to come back because he's like, no, I'm done. But then he's like, okay, well, what's the story? And, you know, he, re- he heard about it. And he thought it was good. And he liked that. It didn't really take away from like Barry's, you know, spotlight, you know, this is his last couple episodes. So, and it is good. Cause you know, we get a little more closure and everything. And, you know, Barry got to say goodbye and John got to say goodbye, And so it was a good episode. Okay. Then with Titans season four, episode 10 game over. So it starts off, Gar wakes up in bed. He's not sure where he is. There's, like, grass on the floor, like, even though he's inside. And then you see, like, vines and, like, uh, shrubbery, like, on the walls. Uh, he goes out. Then he sees Robot Man, Cliff, mowing the lawn. And, like, Larry, you know, negative man, he's he's out there. And uh, Vix he says uh, he's, like, oh, cyborg. He's, like, everything was a lot less Georgia jungle until, you know, Gar showed up. Cliff introduces Gar. Or was, did Larry see that? Maybe it was. I can't remember if it was Larry a Vic. But then, because, uh. Cliff introduces Gar and Vic to each other. He's like, "There's a 50/50 chance that you'll you'll kill each other." So Gar extends his hand, and Vic like changes his hand into a cannon, which is like, "Why are you such a jerk?" So Cliff asks, he's uh, you know, he's like, "So how come you know we've been mowing Mother Nature's bush for the past 72 hours?" And Larry's like, "So wrong." He's like, "Also, it's, it's not just that the house is blooming." Vic's like, "It's not our house," and Larry's like, "And just to make." You know the madness complete. There's apparently no way out, and Vic's like, so, and he answers broccoli top. And he's like, it's just so rude to him, or whatever. And I, it it doesn't seem like they they have a really like their friendship enough to to, to call, call each other names like that, whatever. But Gar like looks at some plants growing in the wall, and where he's like, I'm not sure where we are. So even though he just did all that stuff with the red, he's like, he, he he's just seems like so like he's forgotten stuff or confused and metropolis connor sebastian they're still at that restaurant at the table connor says that you know he's taken over LexCorp, and sebastian's like well good for you and connor's like could be good for us he's like wouldn't you like a, a morning where may bennett's marionette strings aren't pulling you out of bed you know walking you to where she wants you to go and sebastian's like you don't know anything about me and connor's like well i know you haven't blown that horn and brought trigon into the world and i know that your Mae Bennett suicide bomber. And once she straps you with her hatred, kicks you into a a shopping mall, watches explosion and nothing of you remains. Sebastian just like looks down, Connor looks uses x-ray vision to see like what's in Sebastian's like little notes, like his folder thing. He's like, that's programming code. And Sebastian gets like a little flustered and puts his hand over it, like that's gonna do anything. Connor's like, you know what we call the things that we keep in a little private book that we don't want others to see? We call those dreams. He's like, what's your dream, Sebastian? He's like, I wanted to create something that would bring the whole world together. I wanted to make games. He's like, it sounds ridiculous now, doesn't it? Connor's like, no, it doesn't. He's like, join me at LexCorp. Whatever's in that book, I can make it a reality. He's like, I don't dream anymore. And Connor's like, Sebastian, I'm here. I'm asking you what you want. When was the last time someone did that for you? Has Mae Bennett ever done that for you? Connor like like downs his drink gets up he he tells Sebastian to consider his offer he gives him like a card with his you know number under he says you know if you want to believe in dreams again you know give him a call so it's just, it's just a black card it says Connor Luther on it. With his number or whatever. Then at nighttime, Sebastian goes up to May, and she's like, you're late. He says that he thought if they were going to change the world, he might have time to grab a cup of coffee. And she says that they're at the end of the journey. She's like, blow the horn, and your father will arrive. Sebastian's like, you never asked me what I wanted. He's like, how come you never asked me what I wanted? He's like, we don't need to summon Trigon. He's like, I have power. She like laughs, and she's like, she's trying to hold it in. She's like, you have power? He's like, yeah. She's like, oh, you're nothing. Without Trigon's power, you will always be nothing. He's like, nothing? I gave you destiny, and now you want to shame me? Pathetic child. And she kind of like shoves him. He's like, don't, mother. And she's like, don't call me that. My son would not be a coward. My son would embrace this power. He's like, I'm trying. I'm trying. He's like, what do you want from me? She says that he's so desperately, disgustingly weak. She asks him, he's like, are you going to cry? Are, are you crying? Is, are you crying right now? And she's like, piss yourself and cry all you want. But tonight you're going to use that horn and you're going to bring him back to us. And he turns and screams like, no. And he unleashes some powers at her. And then she starts kind of like, she catches on fire. She goes on flame. She starts screaming. He like watches. He's concerned at first. But then he, the, as the flames overtake her, then he just turns and runs. And she's just like totally consumed by flames. Connor is explaining why he's formally taken over all of LexCorp operations as a new CEO. He's doing like a press conference. He says that, you know, Lex, so he says some stuff like Lex, consider him his son. This is inheritance. There's a new direction. He's expect to see LexCorp's influence grow across the globe. And Sebastian's sitting with some others at like, I don't know if it's like the board of directors or something like that, but he's like behind Connor. Connor mentions like technical innovation that brings the world closer instead of tearing it apart, clean energy, ending starvation, disease, and poverty. Then he starts like t- taking questions. The Titans at star labs are, are watching the press conference as well. Rachel comments about him teaming up with Sebastian and Dick says that, you know, maybe he's working an angle, you know, cause he's, he's too smart to just, you know, fall in with them. Bernard says that he well he does do the whole ball headed, charming psychopath thing very well. And Tim's like, "What if you know? Is he working with Sebastian?" He's like, "Are they going up against Connor too?" Dick says that you know Bennett offered Sebastian Armageddon. What did Connor offer him to get him up on that stage? Corey wonders like, "What's worse than Armageddon?" And Rachel suggests that they go to LexCorp. You know, Connor would have to decide which side he's on. Dick looks at Corey, and they're kind of silent. And Rachel's like, "What?" dick's just like looks back at at rachel and she's like are you shutting me out and he's like we're protecting you because he mentions that when sebastian cut her with the knife you know he got cut too whatever so whatever happens to sebastian happens to her she's like yeah in that town she's like we're not in that town anymore Corey's like we're your family we're deciding not to take that risk rachel says that sebastian's her family too that they have the same father the same blood all of this happened because of her, because of what she is. So if she has to die to stop this, it's better her than, than Corey. Dick says, well, maybe no one has to die. Bernard suggests that maybe there's a way to sever the connection between them. And Tim mentions that you know they did break a town free from a magical curse, so there has to be a way. Rachel's she's kind of like looking frustrated. It's like, you guys don't know what you're talking about. Bernard says that you know magic is just science that they don't understand yet. And Rachel says, except when it's not. When it's genetic. She's like, you can't just recode DNA with a spell. So she's like, please let me help. And Dick's like, I have to make a call. Long distance. And he just like, starts walking out of the room. Rachel's like, what the fudge is long distance? And Corey's like, I don't know anything that you don't. He's like, I'm going to go do some prep for baby Luther. And she asked Rachel to you know, keep an eye on Lexcorp. So Corey walks down the hall. And then she decides to open this door. And it opens to an overgrown hallway where the doom patrol are you know larry's like the door and cliff's like no because it's about to shut behind her they run towards her and then you know vic gets he's like in front so cory just like punches him in the face (laughs) and and cliff laughs but the door closes behind her so the the punch like hurt um vic and he like kind of looks at her and he like stumbles back a bit there's like a seat in the hall and she's confused she's like do i know you because here's the thing it's like I'm trying to remember, and I didn't bother looking back, but when Doom Patrol appeared, I don't think it was this Doom Patrol. I feel like they were different. It definitely wasn't not the, you know, Pierce, isn't it Pierce Brown and Timothy Dalton? Who was the chief? But anyways, she's like, do I know you? Then Gar calls from around a corner, and they both laugh. They see each other. Then he asks if she remembers Larry and Cliff, and... Then she's like, and he's like, your fist met Vic's face already. And she's like, oh, I'm sorry. And Cliff's like, oh, it's fine. It happens all the time. And Vic's like, yeah, forget about it. So Corey asks, she's like, where are we? He's like, oh, we're in my house, but we're not, but we are. And then he kind of shrugs and she's like, I'm going to need you to make 100% more sense. Larry's like, well, join the party. He's like, you know, not making sense is kind of how they roll around here. And Corey's like, thank you, but we can't stay. Vic says, like, sure you can. And Gar is like, sorry, Corey, we're trapped here. And he just kind of chuckles. Connor shows Sebastian's big room that he calls a programmer's playhouse courtesy of the new LexCore. So the worker bees have already been implemented. They've already put in his code. So assets have been built. Once Sebastian reviews everything, they instantly distribute to anything running Lex OS. So from there, word of mouth takes over. If your game is viable, He's like, I don't see a limit in consumer adoption. Sebastian repeats, if the game is viable. Connor's like, we can lead consumers to a game, but we can't make them play it. He's like, even corporate America has its limits. So then Sebastian's like, if it fails, what then? I'll be a laughingstock all over the world. And he's like panicking. Connor's like, failure is what happens when we stop making attempts. If it doesn't succeed, we iterate and we try again. Sebastian asks if he can have a moment. You know, it's all a bit overwhelming. So Rachel's walking out of hall and it's like, okay, is she gonna go to the Doom Patrol place, whatever? But Dick calls out to her and she's like, I'm not that little kid at the police station. She's like, I don't need you to bring your jacket for me and tell me everything's gonna be okay. He's like, didn't bring a jacket. So she like kind of stops walking. He's like, but I did bring this. He shows her like something with, with like a pentagram on a tablet and says it's like the clavis noctum or something like that. So in, in English, it means like the key of the night. He's like, she, or she's like, this is black magic. And he like nods. He says that he's, he's like, I spoke to my friend in London. He thinks this ritual might help it find its inner evil and give it a physical form. It's like a form that can be destroyed. So she's like, so you want to use this to break my connection with Sebastian? He's like, I wanted to give you the choice. She's like, black magic's not like me. It's, it's something different. It's something darker. It's the, the kind of thing that requires a price. And Dick's like, like I said, it's your choice. So she's like, this is, uh, this is just you and me, okay? It's just the other Titans can't know. It's just a side of me that um, I don't really want them to see. And Dick's like, they won't know, I promise. Then Sebastian, he's thinking back to his conversation with his mom. You know, she's just telling him he's nothing. He puts his hands over a tablet and he says, e- "Ezraeth, Metrian, Zinthos." Screens go red and starts flickering. Connor goes into an office. At first, I thought it was like Lex's old office or like that, because uh, there's like a picture of some lady or something like that. Um, then I realized it's Sebastian's grandma or whatever. And there's, just like, this wavy statue thing that was on a desk, which, again, this is when I thought it was Lex's death. He goes to pick it up, but it won't budge. And he, he tries both hands. He struggles, but, like, he can't even move it. Then he uses heat vision on it. He's, like, groaning and panting. And it's just, like, kind of smoking or something like that. Then he hears Sebastian's voice, like, Sebastian Sanger, god of games, has a nice ring to it. So then he's, like, sucks up the heat. And then Sebastian walks in. So it's, it's his office and Connors just like sitting on a couch reading magazine. He's like, Oh, you know, sorry for invading your office. It's like, it's the only room where people don't bother me. And so that thing on the desk, it was the horn. And again, I had no idea. I guess I haven't been paying attention. I don't know. He asked Sebastian if he's feeling better and he's like, fantastic. He's like, are we really doing this? And Connors like, just say the word. He's like, yes. He's like, excellent. Soon Sebastian Sanger will make himself known to the world. Now I should get out of your office. And he's like, Oh, Connor." You don't have to worry about my mother anymore he's like i'm not if she's out of your way then you're better off and sebastian's like no one has ever let me choose my own path until now he's like thank you and connor's like to the future to the future he's like i'll prepare us for lunch back at the mansion larry's doing some topiary he's like trimming like this giant giraffe Corey sits next to Vic. And she's like, sorry about hitting you. You know, she thought that he was attacking her. He's like, oh, it's totally understandable. He's like, you got one hell of a right hook. And she like laughs. Gar says that, you know, they wind up punching people a lot. Then she goes up to Gar because, you know, he goes over by this like arcade game. And she's like, so this is the Red? He's like the dimension of pure life, kind of like the living soul of the universe. And she's like, okay. And it stuck us in Doom Patrol's house. And she's like, Gar? Gar? Because he's like distracted by this video, this arcade game. And she's like, why are we here? And Gar's like, the red has a will of its own. It, it doesn't tell you directly what it wants. You have to figure it out. And she's like, great. Okay, that's great. So let's out a And she's like, what's up with the spooky arcades? And he's like, yeah, I, I don't know. He's like, I've never seen them before. And she's like, Gar, Sebastian is worse. Everything is a lot worse. Every minute we stay here is another minute closer to. And then he like pulls her aside. He's like, the red showed me things, things I needed to see about Niles Calder. And she's like, the doctor saved your life. And he's like, he didn't save my life. He created the virus that killed my parents. The red wanted me to accept it, to find balance. And Corey's like, she's like, I'm so proud of you and happy to hear that. But is that why you brought me here? To tell me that? He's like, no, I, I didn't i'm assuming the red did maybe there's something you need to balance and she says she's like i don't have time to find balance right now she's like i didn't kill sebastian when i should have and now he's winning you know so she's like i need you to, to get us out of here he's like i can't and then cliff comes in he found tennis rockets tennis anyone and and this you know it's the same uh cliff and larry and vic from the regular doom patrol show so it's just uh so good um, Dick and Rachel go to this like old warehouse. There's this like this cloaked person making this big salt circle. And Rachel's like, can we trust him? But it's actually, it's a her. And Dick says that this is who he was told to find. So he's like, he says not to worry. He won't let anything happen. The lady starts speaking Italian, but something must happen. She's like, our British friend said that you were a protector. Dick replies in Italian, most of the time. Then in English, the lady's like, we begin. So her name is Helena, and Rachel's like, So what do we do? Helena tells like Quiet and she's like, Tell me what you know. So Dick's like, the stronger the faith of the user, the stronger the magic. And she's like, The bond between the child and the brother of blood. You will give it form. When it comes, you kill. And she hands Dick this dagger and he like pulls it from the scabbard. There's no blade. She's like, your faith will make the blade. Your weapon is your love for this child. And Rachel kind of gives Dick like this little smile, which is kind of cute. This darkness will travel fast. It will take her life force until you kill it, or she is dead. We have to start this now. So it's like, don't even have time to think about it. Just like, we're doing this. Sebastian's staring at a screen. Connor tells him, he's like, hit that command key, and your vision is all over the globe. So he's like thinks, and he hits it. Computer starts whirring. Abrax- Ab- Ab- Abra- Abraxas, Abraxas, abraxis something like that. And then the, the Pet Shop Boys song, Opportunities, let's make lots of money. You know, I got the brains, you got the brains. That start, starts playing. This lady, you know, as the song is playing, this lady comes up to Bernard, says that Lexicor has launched a new video game. It's a global phenomenon in eight hours. So it's like, wait, time difference here? There's like shots of kids playing a game, streamers telling viewers that they got to try this. And then Bernard Bernard actually like downloads the game. This gamer podcast talking about it's like, this is the best game ever, whatever. Sebastian's like overjoyed because this is his dream. He's a success. Mercy, meanwhile, texts Connor, the horn is indestructible. You need to get away from him. It's like, you don't have control of this. Connor's like, he's close to me. Trust me. That is control. It's like, find me a way to destroy him. She's like, I have a possibility Then he texts back, make it a result. It's like, I'll keep him busy and give you time. Helena tells Rachel to close her eyes, empty her mind. It begins when she's ready. And Dick's like, well, how do we know when she's ready? Helena says that the child will rise. It will take time. And then she says to Dick that he's like, you have known death, but you are not dead. Death remembers you. And Italian's like, hell never forgets. Meanwhile, Tim tells uh bernard that he still hasn't heard from dick and rachel Corey's ghosting them isn't isn't like her but then where's bernard he's lying on the floor just like blood dripping out of his nose so he starts calling for help whatever on the counter you see the tablet is on it says game over continue exit connor later uh checks on sebastian he's leaning back in a chair is he asleep is he passed out then he sits up and he's like don't be afraid um, so he, he gets up, laughs. He's like, I may have added a little something to our game. Now people don't so much play it as become a part of it. And through it, they become a part of me. You know, something in them flows into me. It's like, perhaps their lives or maybe their souls. I don't know. We're all connected now. All of them all over the world, all connected to me. He's like, tell me, I wonder if this is what God feels like. Connor whispers, like you're feeding on the players. And he's like, what? What happens to them, Sebastian? He's like they're martyrs for our cause. Their death will mean something now, and they'll live forever in me. Isn't that beautiful? And he he like motions and his chair, like rolls over to him. He's like, take a seat. This is something we should share to the future. And Connor's like to the future, but you can see he's a little concerned, and uh, he's like squeeze like the the arm grips. He's like kind of he breaks them. He's like squeezing them. Rachel's starting to float. So Helena's like, speak it now. Dick approaches the circle. Into the light, I command thee. And she's like, more. Into the light, I command thee. More. He repeats it louder. And then Rachel falls. She starts convulsing and twitching. And she's kind of like glitching and stuff like that. So then uh, she crawls to the edge of the circle. And she like vomits. And then it like kind of oozes. And there's like this black. And it like, crawls past Dick. Whoosh, turns into this person. It's like white-faced dude. He's like screaming. And Dick pulls out the knife. But there's still no blade there. So he tries punching a dude, but it doesn't really, it has no effect. Then he starts walking toward Rachel's, like, screeching. Dick tries again from behind, but then it, like, grabs his arm as he, like, swings a punch. And it flings him back. He goes flying. So then it walks, walks past the circle, goes, like, out of the room. Rachel's, like, tells Dick to go. It's like, it's connected me. It's feeding on me. And she's like, go. I don't have much time. And so Dick runs after. At the, the Doom Patrol mansion, it's tennis time. So it's Larry and Vic versus Gar and Corey. Cliff and Cliff's like in the middle, and he has like a headband on and his tennis racket. He's like, game to eleven, I got next." And Vic's like, it, it, "That's not how it works." And then they just he's like, yell some more. So Corey serves, it goes fly like right between between them. And Vic's like, "Larry, that was yours." And Larry's like, "I don't backhand." So then Cliff calls time and he tells him he starts talking to him. He's like, "You know, try not to suck so hard and everything." So second serve, Larry misses it, and then he's like. Am I the only one that wants out of this hellhole? And he, like, walks out. So Cliff's excited, takes his place. And he's like, prepare to eat poop, animal, vegetable, rocket boy, and mesmerizing alien woman with the hammer punch. So as Gar is served, and Vic's like, let's go parsley dip. Let's see what you got. And Gar's like, coming right at you, T-Mobile. So he serves it. Vic hits it, but it goes flying back, hits the wall behind Gar. And he laughs because it's like out. He's like, have you ever heard the theory of in and out? And Vic's like, I have actually. I learned it last night when I was with your mom. And Cliff comes up. He's like, whoa. He's like, as your friend and colleague, I need to advise you a solid but inappropriate mom joke here cuts away against the cyborg brand. And then he's like, are you fucking kidding me? Larry walks back in. He's like, "Uh, I think you guys should see this. So Cliff and Vic go with him. Gar starts, but then he stops because Corey's just standing there. And she says that she thinks... It is, if you know, if it's about balance that they're about to leave, and he's like, What'd you find? Um, she's like, Yeah, I just, um, I don't want to go back to another psychopath with a silly name and too much power. And he's like, But I know you, you're going to, and she like sighs, she's like, Ever since I didn't kill Sebastian, I've been. I've been thinking about how I could have stopped all this. Hating him, judging myself, something just clicked for me while I was here. I don't need to hate him to stop him. Goofing around with you guys made me think of all the times I've had so much fun with you and Dick and Rachel and Crypto and Connor and, and, and maybe that's what I need to hold on to. I'm not going back because I hate Sebastian. I'm going back because I love what he's trying to destroy. At Star Labs, Tim is concerned because, you know, Bernard's on a table. It's Dr. Fabian, you know, she comes in. She says that he's in a coma. They don't know what the cause is. And it's not just him, you know, whatever it is, it's happening to people all over the world. So it's another crisis to add to the pile. He's like, until we can understand what the cause this, uh, this is everything that they can do. is looking for the screeching dude. And he whispers, Rachel's like, can you feel anything? And she's like, left, go left. Gar and Corey go in the other room and it like stinks. They say it smells like death. Gar says, you know, whatever Sebastian is doing, it's creeping into there. So Larry shows him, like, this flickering neon sign over a door. It says back door. Uh, they're like, they've never seen that before. And Cliff taps the side, and, it, and it, like, it, it flickers. that all lights up. He's like, well, let's not look a gift back door in the A-hole they go through. Then they're in this other room with like super high ceilings. There's a, like a desk with some book. Gar is like, maybe just message here. And Vic's like, oh, I read that one already. It says we're trapped here because of you. Gar's like, hmm. Then this door behind them like slams shut. And then uh, the place starts shaking. Larry says that you know, if he's lucky, it's the end of everything. The room's getting smaller, like the wall's starting to move in and Cliff's like trying to push the wall back. He yells at the others for a little help. So Gar starts talking to Vic about a movie. You know, basically, someone got out of the situation by blasting a hole through the ceiling. And he's like, he's like, "Do you still have that cannon gun?" And then, then Gar says that Larry's negative spirit is a a light is lighting a spatial rift at the top of the ceiling. So Vic says that if he doesn't, uh, he's like, "I don't see it." And Gar says he's like, "Well, aim at him." He's like, "He'll be your your guidance system." And he, you know, Gar says this. And he's like, "Yo, what?" And then Gar changes. Vic asks, "He's like, well, what if I hit him?" And Corey's like, "Then don't." So it's like, he's like, "Okay, clear." He's like, "Gar, booyah!" So he blasted a hole through the roof at the spatial rift thing or whatever. So Gar and Corey are back at Star Labs. We don't see Doom Patrols, so I guess they got back. Gar is um, about to throw up. And he's like, we're we're back? So they walk, and then Tim comes up behind him. He's like, hey, look, look who I brought with me. And then he hugs Gar. Corey asks, like, what's wrong? And Tim says that he knows what Sebastian and Connor are doing. So Tim explains to them, he's like, every game has pathing it's like the ghost in Pac-Man moving along a set course. You know, you push a long block in Tetris or whatever. He's like, but this game's player icon always makes this pattern. It shows up on the screen. It's like this cube with a circle, and there's like an X inside with these others. Gar recognizes it. He says it was at the Temple of Azeroth. So Corey's like, Sebastian created a game that's also a spell. Tim's like, I, more maybe more like a ritual. He's like, the players don't know it. You know, Bernard didn't know it. And he's like, I think it's killing people. Dick is still looking for the creepy, evil essence dude he sees like some black sludge on the wall then um the dude is suddenly behind dick but he doesn't hear him or anything like that rachel's able to call out from where she is and she's and she's like he's behind you so dick spins around but the dude's gone then he sees like some black sludge like go down a drain on the floor and it comes up by this other drain you know closer to rachel's circle Sebastian, meanwhile, says this, that Connor, he noticed that they only push the game out to players over 18. He's like, we can't leave, leave anyone out, Connor. This is too important. So Connor sees on the screens a database of children with purchase access to Lex OS. Sebastian comments that like, LexCore has excellent collection data on all its customers. So he tells Connor that he's like, I was always left out as a child, and I'm not going to let that happen to anyone else. And he's like, suffer little children to come unto me and forbid them not. Tim says that Star Labs can brute force hack into LexCorp and corrupt the servers. He's like, that way they can delete the game from any device connected to the internet. Then he stops and sits back. And Corey's like, what's, what's up? And Gar's like, he's waiting for you to give him permission to do it? Because Tim's like, technically, we'd be committing cyber warfare against a private corporation. And that's a felony. She's like, well, Sebastian is killing the world with evil Donkey Kong. Break the law, Tim. Connor and Sebastian are still like standing face-to-face and then the computer starts beeping and there's a security alert that comes on the screen. Connor sees what's happening right away. He's like, there's an external attack on on the server. And Sebastian's like, by who? Connor starts typing some stuff. He's trying to triangulate the source or whatever like that, but he can't figure it out. Sebastian's like, it doesn't matter. He's like, I'm going to give the cybersecurity a little boost. So now Tim has an access-denied message, says the security is blocking the brute force. Gar says, or Connor and Sebastian are catching on and stopping it. Corey is like, are you positive that we can't just stop it by me blowing something up? They just kind of, like, look at her. She's like, okay. Tim says that, you know, only if there was, like, some sort of backdoor through Lexus security. Gar kind of chuckles at that, and Corey's like, well, you know, whatever, give it a shot. Because that was the backdoor sign in the red. Sebastian is, like, standing in front of computers, concentrating. Connor's, like, behind him. He's still holding his apple. That Because, like... He's been eating a lot of apples, and Sebastian, like, called the apple to him and gave it to him, whatever. So he's holding this apple, and then he, like, opens his hand, runs back to this terminal, super speed. The apple's still, like, floating in the stair, hits a bunch of stuff in the the computer, whatever, gives some sort of access, then zips back to where he was standing. Apple didn't even move an inch, and he takes a big chomp out of it. So Sebastian didn't notice that he left or anything like that. He just, like, turns around. He's like, you chew very loudly. And Connor just, like, sh- kind of shrugs. So Tim's able to get in now. He starts deleting the game, deletion in progress. At the warehouse, the creepy dude is able to enter the circle. He picks Rachel up by her throat. Dick comes up to him, pulls a knife out again. It has a blade now. So he tells him. He's like, get away from her. The dude leaps at and starts choking Dick Then he like thrusts a knife in him and it hurts he like pulls it out and Dick kicks him and sends him flying back and he just like turns the ooze and she's gone Sebastian now he screams and the screens are all ecstatic and he's like it's all gone my game my powers Dick checks on Rachel and she asks you know when does she get to meet his friend and Dick's like he's not the kind of friend that uh, you'd want to have so I don't know if they're talking about Constantine or someone else Sebastian falls to his knees. He's like, Rachel? And Connor's like, what about Rachel? And so like, I can't feel her anymore. I can't feel. And Connor just like puts his hand on his shoulder. He's like, I'm sorry, Sebastian. And then he's like, looks at the screens. So obviously Connor gave them access so they could do this. Tim is uh, back by Bernard's side. Rachel's there. And he says that they still don't know if he's going to recover. And she's like, millions of people would be hurt if you hadn't destroyed Sebastian's game. She's like, Tim, you stopped him. He's like, then why do I feel so powerless? Dick and Gar are reunited. They hug. Corey mentions Connor is still right next to Sebastian. They don't know what he's planning. And Dick says that he had a look at the event protocol for Tim's hack. He's like, we didn't break their security. Someone over there let them in. And she's like, Connor? Dick's like, I think that the new CEO of LexCorp is on our side. So Mercy texts Connor, I found a way to destroy them, Mr. Luther. And and she says that like like with quotes, like in a second text. So he doesn't reply, he just like sits at his desk. Then we see a morgue, there's a bunch of body bags. One body bag starts kind of shaking, an arm busts through, it's mother mayhem. She's like all toasty and crispy, and she whispers, Sebastian. Sebastian sits up with a gasp, and then he kind of hears her voice. You know, it's, her, it's prime memory, I don't think she's saying it now, but it's, uh, without Trigon's power, you will always be nothing. So he still has the horn sitting on his desk, and that's where the episode ends. So we'll see. But um, at least as, as douchey, whatever, is as evil as Connor is being, at least he, he realized, hey, this isn't cool. So he let the, the Titans attack. But it's just weird that he went off without saying a word to them. He just left them at the temple and took off. All right, then I just want to talk a, a little bit about All Star Superman, uh, the the four K Ultra HD release. So this is a movie from what was it? Was it two thousand eleven? Pretty sure that that was a when it came out. It's 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 a great movie. It, is it a perfect movie? No, but it, it's it's such a great Superman story. So based off the, off the comic. Uh, by Grant Morrison and Frank Quietly. I mean, it's it's just amazing. If you haven't read it, I mean, this this is like the Superman story. If like you have a friend or someone who's interested in the characters, but like you never read, doesn't know what to begin, you hand them a, the trade of you know All Star Superman, and it's just it's it's such a a great story, which I, I think I've said that already a bunch of times. So the movie adaptation, they they did a really good job too. But obviously, to Cut it. You know they had to cut it down. It's only seventy-eight minutes, which I always had such an issue with that. I mean, the move the DC movies, are starting to get a little longer. I want them to be at least ninety minutes, but for whatever reason, I never really found out. I, I can't remember if I've ever asked anyone about this, but they always tended to be like seventy-something minutes, and I'm I'm assuming that has to do something with with distribution or syndication or whatever some something. So we we always have that now. Because it was a a twelve issue series, you know, some things had to get cut cut out. Like there's one thing I could be totally wrong because I haven't read the series in a while, but I seem to recall there was a moment in the comic, and I now I'm almost positive it wasn't in the movie because I just watched the movie. Obviously, it just came out, and we <laughs> don't think I saw it, but it's it's a, it's a sticking in my mind where there is a. A young girl who was gonna jump off a building, who's gonna commit suicide, and Superman goes and like talks her down. Like, and it's just, it's such a kind of like vulnerable and just uh, touching and heroic moment, whatever. And you know, Superman just makes it so sound so easily. You know, he just he's just there, and you know, he could be off trying to, to you know stop bank robbers or whatever like this, but no, he's like he's taking the time to just sit and listen and trying to you know help this this girl. So unfortunately, I'm <laughs> now I'm I'm doubting myself. I mean, I don't think I dozed off or I ran out of the room or, or something. But I'm pretty sure it just wasn't in a movie. Now, what is the movie about? It's it's an interesting look at it. You know, it it very 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 briefly touches on you know it doesn't go through to origin or whatever. But you get like glimpses and opening credits. And, you know, the, whatever, mom and pa finding the, the ship and everything like that. But it's established, you know, Superman's here, and that's kind of how it should be. Whether or not, you know, how much of this, James Gunn has, has, I think he's he's posted an image of of this at some point because, you know, he's doing a Superman legacy story. And I really like the way they handle this here because we don't need Superman's origin. We've seen it so many times. You don't need to fill or, you know, take away from screen moment. You know, if, if a movie is going to be an hour and a half, two hours, two and a half, whatever, you don't need to spend 15, 20 minutes going through to origin that we've seen so many times. We know Krypton blows up. We know Superman gets put in a rocket, he takes off, goes to earth, lands raised by the Kents and then develops his powers and becomes really good. We don't need all that. I think, I feel like everyone knows that, that story. You can touch on it. There's other ways to do it, You know, whether it's in the opening credits or not. I, th- I think it was like Spider-Man 2. There was like some movie where they, they just like briefly touched on the origin rather than take the time to go through everything again. I don't remember which one it was. So in this world, we already have Superman established. And it, it's kind of interesting It because right away, the way how you know we're, we're like thrown into the story, it almost feels like that this – this world, this version, this universe has existed for a while because we already have this this big conflict between, you know, Superman and Lex Luthor. Lex wants to kill Superman. You know, he's he's got this plan, this whole huge crazy diabolical plan that's taken place like across between Earth and the Sun. And you know, he's got the calculations that cause you know he's he's controlling this thing. And you know he has to take account of like that the eight nine minutes difference, and and you know he's he's got it all down. So it's really cool the way that happens. Uh, you know the the voice ca- cast in here, you know, it is is really good, and just as everything, it, it kind of like. Um, Made me a little little sad because when I saw the credit, saw Andrea Romano, who's like the voice director, she is so amazing, and you know she's uh, you know she's still with us, but and I don't even make it sound like that, but she's she's like retired from you know from cast doing the voice casting stuff and directing, because I I've I've talked to her so many times from you know doing the interviews for the various DC you know animated projects, and she's just the sweetest nicest person and even like the last time I talked to her just just like recently whether she actually did or not but she acted like she remembered me you know who I was she you know doesn't know my name but that's a fact you know and it's possible because I've, I've talked to her so many times but it's, it's just whether she did remember me or she's just made it seem like that it, it kind of you know made me feel kind of special in that you know so so, you know obviously she's she's an amazing job if you ever see her name i mean look her up on imdb like all the projects she's involved i mean she's she's nailed you know you know choosing the right characters and and it's always been amazing how you know she would like each project would have like a different actor you know whether you know you could have multiple batmans or superman you know and, and the different ones and rather just go with the same one she would kind of like go with choose someone based off of the the script and the story and you know and she just it would work so we we have all that but with, with this movie you know it's 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 cool this uh Leo Quintum guy you know I was always kind of fascinated with him and it kind of was like what what is his deal you know he's like this not a crazy scientist but he's a super smart scientist you know like we obviously get more of it in a comic than than we get here (laughs) the other for now i'm going to just start jumping around but the funny thing is when we're first time at the daily planet and jimmy olsen comes in he's wearing like a dress a wig and high heels and uh steve lombard the big you know jock sports you know doofus reporter dude he's like what are you undercover and jimmy's like no why (laughs) because <laughs> you know, there's there's been stories before where Jimmy has gone undercover dressed as a woman, you know, to to get the story, whatever. And and so we just have all, all these these uh, little moments, little little nice you know scenes from from the comic. Like there's one one part in particular where Clark Kent is is late, you know, because Superman's off like saving whoever, and he comes like stumbling through the office, and and they they capture that scene in the movie like you know from, from Frank Quietly's art so it's just really cool so basically the story if, if you have I mean you if you're listening to this you probably have either read or seen the movie the basic premise of the movie is Superman is dying and you know he's, he's can, can he stop that and he also decides to tell Lois his secret. And at first, you know, she's she's a little, you know, she's like, yeah, right, what? If she doesn't believe it. But then, you know, he takes her to the Fortress of Solitude and everything like that. And then there's a moment I, I love it from from the comics, like where he bestows, you know, he c- comes up with a formula to give Lois. Like his powers for 24 hours like for her birthday and then you know she goes off as like superwoman with him and you know they go on and do all this different stuff so it was, it, was, it was really really cool and everything um now the main reason i bring this up i mean i'm not here to talk about the movie because you know the movie's been out for you know what 12 years now over 10 years and it's all about the 4k so the, the 4k the, these movies always look really good and I'm not like the, the super ultra expert. Like, you know, I guess if I would have watched like my Blu-ray copy versus the 4K copy, you'd probably see like a big difference, but it does look really, really slick. I mean, it looks really good. You know, if you have a 4K TV and a 4K player, uh, it just, it looks nice and crisp. You know, the, the colors are just so bright and vibrant and everything like that. If you have it if you don't have it obviously you should get it i mean especially if you have a 4k player and a tv you know it's, it's worth having in your library i mean it's it's something that if you're a superman fan or if you're a comic fan you should own this and i there's there you know there's not much else i can say about it because it's it's just it's such a good story and grant morrison just does such a good job like with these other characters uh, you know there's there's samson and um atlas i think was the other guy yeah and uh you know we just see these different things going on and then there's a you know a couple kryptonians that, that show up and um it's just it, it's so weird just i mean what goes on in the mind of grant morrison how he just comes up with all this stuff and and you know because he's always a type if, if and now again i'm i'm going off on a tangent where you know so many times he'll he'll take some super obscure character and then you know Bring him back to life and do all this stuff, and then you know you're like, oh, who's this new character? And you say all this stuff, and you're like, wait, this is a character from like the 1950s or something like that, and he just like did all this stuff. So it's just it's such a good good story, and you know, like like I said, if you haven't, if you for some reason haven't watched this, you need to watch. It. If you haven't read the comic, you should. It's just really good stuff it's on 4k now as everything should be and it's they did a good job with it so you should check it out it's from warner brother home video it's a great movie looks superb in 4k and uh, if it doesn't matter how many times you've seen it it's worth watching again and it it holds up it's good okay then there's ghosted so this is the apple tv plus movie this is starring chris evans and ana de armas and there's a b- bunch of cameos in here. <laughs> Some cameos. Uh, they were pretty funny. So this is a, what would you call this? It's an action romance uh, comedy, I, I guess. It's uh, directed by Dexter Fletcher. Um, I don't really know much that he did. Uh, he's the one that finished uh, Bohemian Rhapsody because Brian Singer c- didn't couldn't whatever couldn't finish the last couple of weeks, so he he got like executive producer credits or something like that. He's done some other stuff. Um, it, it's it's screenplays written by Brett Reese and Paul Wernick and uh, a couple other people, and um, it's I, I enjoyed it. So I don't think it it has the best reviews. I thought it was a lot of fun, and the the, the premise is chris evans uh kind of down on his luck you know in a romance department he's you know working at like a farmer's market he's working at, at his debt you know helping out the, the family farm and everything and then he uh meets uh this this woman and they end up spur moment going on a date because you know the, the other vendors they're talking about how they were flirting or something like that and he's like really he's like there's they're like yeah there's there's definitely some tension going on there but you know he's being—he's totally oblivious, and he realize that. So he goes after. They end up going like out for coffee and, and do this like whole like date sort of thing, and things just go really well. Um, he gets really into it, you know, and then he's like texting her, texting her text, and she like doesn't text him back. So hence the title, "Ghosted," and he's just like like you know he doesn't understand what's going on because he after this one perfect day he feels like, you know, she's the one and, and maybe it's, it's a bit much or whatever, you know, little, little jumping the gun there. But what ends up happening is he, cause he had these, these tracker things that, that he, I I probably, i missed why he had it, but he, at the farmer's market, you know, it, he lost his cash box and he had a tracker thing there. So it probably has something to do with like maybe on the farm or cattle. I don't know, but he realized that, uh, he, he left one with her somehow. I, I don't know exactly where it was and um, he goes to, oh, what it was, I think there's a tracker in his inhaler because, you know, he ha- has asthma or so, And so he realizes that she still has it and she's in London. So he, he's in, he decides to, to go after her. And I, I think his family kind of encouraged him to, you know, like, well, why not? You know, just go for it. And long story short, what, what it turns out is she works for the CIA, And and he's he feels like he's been lied to, and you know all this stuff like that. And he's even though he's being a little creepy and you know following her and stuff like that. So he he gets pulled into this mission that she's on, and what makes it like the comedy aspect because you know so you got Chris Evans, you know super ultra fit guy. This is this is Captain Friggin America, but then here he's he's not. Captain America. You know, he's he's a little more bumbling and everything like that. They do mention that, you know, because his dad's like, did you tell her that you wrestled in high school or something like that? You know, so he has some moves that he and which is good that they mention that, even though it's kind of a joke, because there are some moments where you know that the action starts kicking in and and he's able to take on some of these bad guy whatever thugs villains whatever you want to call them and you know he's like able to flip some over and, and kind of hold his own you know he he's not wiping the floor with everyone he's not an unstoppable machine but he's able to kind of do his part even though he's not you know the super spy you know whatever and uh ana de armas she's she's just amazing and you know, if, if you saw her in a No Time to Die, the James last James Bond movie, you know she she showed what she's capable of. I mean, I I thought that little moment, I loved that part in the movie, and I loved her character, and I was bummed that she had such a small role in that movie. So I I think she's she seems like a very versatile actor. I mean, the first time I noticed her was in Knives Out, and even though I think. Actually, wasn't she in that Keanu Reeves like movie? I don't remember if she was in that one where it's like her and this other girl they kind of like, sort of like, set him up or something. But me, I think I saw that. And, Me, I just, I just didn't even realize it was her. And you know, so she's done all this different stuff. And and I, I there's something about her. You know, she's just like like just she's has this this cuteness or just, this this. Allure, like when she smiles and the way she, you know, you can see how Chris Chris Evans like you know falls for her, or whatever. And you know, but then when it turns out she's a spy and she's holding her own, you know, it's it's just. I I thought it was just a lot of fun and the the humor I I'm all for the humor. Some people don't like the humor, but there, I mean, there are some parts where I actually like like chuckled out loud and and just you know Chris Evans' reaction to everything, like when he first finds out that she's a spy and that she lied and. So things get over the top. Obviously, it's a comedy. It's supposed to. You know, it, it gets funny and wacky. And then you know, there's all these like assassins that start coming after him. And then you seeing all these different cameos and, and just the, the, the different situations that come up. Where you know, some of it, it's like, okay, this is ridiculous. This is unbelievable it doesn't matter because that's the point of it. You know, it's, it's supposed to be a comedy and everything, but there, I, I feel like there's enough of the story to, you know, it, it is as far as like a, a secret agent government spy movie, it's, it's kind of your typical generic scenario, but I, I feel like it has enough layers or depth to it to make it, you know, credible enough to drive the story. You know, why are they where they're at and why is this going on and why are they a target or this and that? I, I feel like that there was enough there to it's like okay yeah that that's fine and and again you know some things are a little ridiculous a little too much but i, I just thought it, it was a lot of fun and just the fact that you know switching it because usually in these movies it's the dude that's like the super spy and the woman who's like the damsel in distress and here it's it's the opposite you know chris evans is a damsel in distress even though he's doing okay you know he when day he gets captured he ends up kind of getting tortured and stuff like that and and he's like kind of flipping out he's like you know my my uh my passport's in my bag and you'll see i'm not a spy or whatever you know so it, again adding to the humor so i i th- thought they just they did a really good job with it and it's it, it's it was fun it was entertaining and i think you you have to go into it with that mindset you know you this isn't going to be a pure spy movie this is a, a comedy romance spy movie and you know there there is action there's you know plenty of stuff going on here but you, you have to be in a, in the mood for that you have to realize that there's going to be some things where they are stretching you know whatever your, your sense of disbelief you know all, all that stuff and but that that's okay because it, it that's what makes it fun fun and wacky and uh you know enough semi kind of serious moments a little bit and you know there is definitely dangers and threats involved so i i had fun watching it and uh if people that didn't like it i don't know maybe you don't like fun or funny things and you just want super serious and that's fine that's what some people like some people don't like want the comedies and just so if you don't, <laughs> don't see this movie because it's 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 definitely has some some funny moments in there. So that was Ghosted. Um, I, I I would have seen this movie in a theater. I, I definitely would. You know, again, it's it's not a top tier movie. It's, it's not going to like, you know, knock you, blow you away or whatever. But I felt it was entertaining enough that I would have paid to see this in, in a, you know, on a big screen. So. Take that as you will. If you have Apple TV, you should definitely check it out. If you don't have Apple TV, give it a thought because there's plenty of other stuff on there as well. So that's Ghosted with Chris Evans and Ana de Armas. I think that's how you say it, right? All right, and now the movie feature, Bo's Afraid. Holy cow friggin' crap. This movie, oh man, so this this came out on April 14th and I, I just, I, I saw it, there, there, was, there was no major theatrical movie that came out that I realized or that I, whatever. So I went to see this, it's Joaquin Phoenix and I, you know, I was interested in seeing it when I first saw it. One, it's an A24 movie. So anything uh, distributed from A24, you can pretty much count, it's it's gonna be a little different, it's not necessarily a little artsier, but it's, it's, it's gonna be a good... Um, quality production. Um, it's directed by Ari Aster, and uh, if you're familiar with with Ari Aster, he's done. Um, he's uh, uh, he's only done three movies now. He did Heredity, Hereditary, um, Hereditary. <laughs> I always miss say it wrong. Hereditary, Midsummer, and now this one. And uh, you know he's done a bunch of like short films and, and everything like that. Uh, I I don't know. I don't really know much about like his background and his thoughts or anything like that. But if if you've seen Hereditary and Midsummer, they they get a little weird at times. You know, there, there's some strange things going on here. Almost, not quite, but almost kind of like in a David Lynch way. You know, I absolutely a thousand percent love Twin Peaks. I'm I'm so so into the the TV show and and the, the you know the re- third season of return and the movie and uh, but there is with with like Twin Peaks and David Lynch you know there's a lot of things that just are not explained and you will never get an explanation for it. And some of the things in the the area Aster movies are the same thing, where you don't quite get an an answer. Like I I'm still with the way Hereditary ended. I'm still not really sure what exactly that meant. And and you know I'm I'm sure people have written, but and there could even be interviews where maybe he's explained like what exactly the thought process and and maybe I should look it up. But I've I've seen it I've seen it at least twice. And so when I get to that ending, it's just like. What the heck is going on here? And there there's something about that, you know, I it, it's it's easily something that some people are not going to like. They might be like, "What the heck is going on? This makes no sense. I hate this. This waste of my time." blah blah blah. But for me, I'm just like, "No, cuz it it, it kind of keeps you thinking." And and with Bo is afraid, and now I'm really jumping around. When I got to the end, uh you know, the, there's there's not really a mid-credit. There's not really credit scenes. It's it's just kind of like the the final scene that just stays on the screen and just like sits there while the credits are rolling and even though i knew there was nothing coming up you know it, it's a three-hour movie When's a three-hour movie it's like okay i need to get out of here i you know one i probably need to go to the bathroom or i just need to get home or i need to eat get some eat or whatever but with this movie i was just like sit there it's, it's almost like i couldn't move i'm just i was like so just What is going on? I was—it was almost not that I was like punched in the gut or anything, because there was like no sense of violence or anything or pain. But it was—it was just, and it wasn't like an exhaustion thing. But it was just—it's like almost like my brain was tired, but not really in a like. This is so confused. I'm trying to put the piece together. It's just—it was almost like what just happened. And, you know, just kind of taking it in and just kind of, like, letting it out. It's like, I I can't even explain it. But I just sat there. I'm just like, whoa. And I just had to, like, just catch my breath type of thing. Or I don't even know how to explain it. So um, this movie, it can make you feel uncomfortable at times. And, And I say that with caution. It's not... Necess- the, the feeling of uncomfortable in this, it's not like s- some taboo stuff, it's not like you're seeing someone eating animal brains or you're seeing someone doing some uh, whatever weird sexual you know ritual or anything, it's nothing like that. There's no deviant anything going on, but part of it is you know, so uh, Joaquin Phoenix plays this guy, Bo Wasserman, and in the beginning, you don't really know know much much about him. Yeah, so so Bo, you know, he's he has a lot of anxiety and stuff, and and there's definitely some some mother issues going on, and because you know he starts starts off, he's he's talking to a therapist, and you know he has to go visit her. It's um, but like one of the things, like you know, when he's talking about stuff, his therapist is like, "Do you ever, do you wish she was dead?" And he's like, "What?" He's like, "No." And and the therapist is like well, you know it's okay to say that and you know because it's, it's not like you mean it or, but he he gives them, so this is where where throughout the movie you're like wait something is is this the key to what's going on because he gives him this new prescription he's like here's this new drug but he's the the therapist he's very adamant like so so drives the point he's like only have this with water like you have to take the, these these pills with water and he even says that on, on the label so then throughout the whole thing because then things get really weird throughout the movie and and you, when you're watching this you know part of you you know you're like okay this is obviously this must must be a side effect of the drugs right but then when when the movie keeps going you're like but wait maybe it's not because you know he it's not like he's unless it kicks in like that it's like he hasn't really been taking it, and he's not taking it consistently for all of a sudden things to get weird cuz you know even i'm trying to remember if he took it like right as soon as he got it but then when he goes home it's the, the 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 where he lives is like chaos you know he lives in a city and i don't know if they ever mentioned like what city it was but like the streets are just just chaos it's just, it's just you know there's a lot a lot of rundown stuff there's it's just crazy violence and just stuff going on and like he when he goes to his apartment he's like running down the street and then there's this other like almost looks like a crazed homeless person comes running at him he runs to like the 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 lobby door of his building and he has to get in there and shut the door before the guy gets in because it's like the you know the the homeless or whoever street people the thugs whether it's homelessness or violence or who knows what's going on it's like they're trying to get into his lobby into his building and and then then when you look at where he lives it's it's kind of depressing in a way, you know, it's, it's you look at what he's doing and, and or where he lives. And it's just like that right there, that's kind of like the feeling. That's one uh, moment and one example of how you feel uncomfortable because it's just like just living like that. And, you know, you, you see his apartment and everything. And then when, you know, uh, so, okay, so it's a long movie, so I'm not going to spoil too much, but then it's, it's just like so weird because as he's going to sleep, then he gets woken up like a note goes under gets slid under his door. He's getting these these messages. I think it was like like about keeping the noise down or something like that, but he's like not, not doing anything. And and then uh there is noise that that goes on from this other apartment. It's like super loud, and he and he you know, he's such a, a mild mannered dude where you know normally you would think someone would pound on the wall like you know you, should, you know shut up or anything but he's like do you want to do that do you want to get that confrontation going because you know if you're going to live there or whatever and it's just going to make things awkward and but still so what he does he just plugs his ears to you know try to drown out the noise and he falls asleep that way then his alarm goes off in the morning and he's he doesn't hear it because he's got his fingers in his ears he ends up oversleeping he has I think just like like a couple hours or something like that to get to the airport to go visit his mom. So he's he's just like trying to get everything together and, and all this stuff. Then the 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 bad thing that happens, he goes, you know, he has a suitcase, he's ready to go out, puts the keys in the door, he's about to lock the door, but then he's like, oh, I, I think he, I my, was his dental floss, and he's like, oh, I should go, I should bring that. He runs back in in the bathroom, grabs it from the medicine cabinet, comes out, his keys are gone. So it's like someone took his keys and if someone took his keys and they're going to be able to get in. And so there's a the thing Then it's like, can he go, he tries telling his mom. And then she's just like, doesn't believe she thinks he's making up a story. Like she, he doesn't want to come and you know, all this stuff like that. So that just, again, make things un- uncomfortable there. And then, um, oh man, I see now I'm I just feel like I'm going too, too much in, into the movie. But then there's, there's a point where he takes the pills and the, there's no water, like none the water's not on in the building. And so he's just like, what's he going to do? He looks out his window. There's like a convenience store like across the street from his apartment. Do you see a bunch of like bottled water in there? So it's like, okay, he could go buy some water, but he doesn't have the key. So how is he going to get back in his place and everything? So he he ends up propping open the door. And then uh, as he's buying a bottle, of water, you know, he goes in, because he took the pills already without even thinking, because he's like, oh, just, you know, take the pills and get some water. But then he didn't realize his water was turned off. So he's he runs the store, you know, opens a bottle, chugs some of the water down. So because it's, the bottle specifically said huge red letters, only with water. So he goes there and then he's, his his credit card's declined. He's like digging his his pocket for money. He's just got change, and and then like the the clerk is like starting to yell at him. He's like, I'm gonna call the police, and and then he sees people start walking in his building, and he's like oh no, and and then he ends up getting locked out. And his apartment door was open because he couldn't close it because he doesn't have the keys. So it's just like one thing. And then basically what what ends? <laughs> oh, there's there's an. Oh, see, I, I, I just. I feel like this is a movie that it's, it's going to require a lot of, like, analyzing. It's like, what does this mean? What does this mean? What does this mean? But I couldn't do it because I don't know what anything means. But the, something that happens shortly after, because he, he, eventually he's going to, okay, he's going to take this journey to get to his mom. Oh, because then something else happens. And he finds out, so something happens to his mom, and he, he needs to get home. It, like, really needs to get there now. <laughs> but there's a part where, you know, he's, he, he can't, before he, or before he finds that out, he's, there, there's a part where the, in the bathtub, he takes a bath. Oh man, it's just such a weird moment, and I I don't want to sp- I I want to talk about it too because it's a great example of how messed up this movie is, but also I don't want to say because I don't want to spoil it. But again, it's a thirty-minute movie. Okay, so I'm gonna spoil this part. It's it, it's it's not, has nothing to do with the plot and movie. It's not gonna spoil anything. But again, you make the choice whether you know other fast forward to the outro. I'm not going to spoil it or just fast forward like a minute if, if that. He's, he's, he's in the bath and he's trying to figure out, you know, because he, he tries calling his mom. I think he gets an answer machine or something like that. So he's sitting in the bathtub and then he kind of like looks up. There's a dude up on a roof like holding on like between the little like the, 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 the ceiling and the, and the walls where he's able to like prop himself up there with his hands and feet. And he's just like up there looking at him. And so as you watch this, you're like, is this real? Is that, is that dude really there? Or is this in his mind? He took the pills with water, so he's never really taken it. And, and yeah, he didn't take the water right away, but there's no way it would have that fast of a reaction. That would be ridiculous. But, but then the other thing is like, okay, what exactly is this new medication? Maybe he's having some other reaction. But then the the dude ends up falling, so it's like okay, he was really there. It's not in his mind, and it's just like what's going on, and this leads to other stuff going on and everything. And then then he in s- s- certain way starts making his his journey to go visit his mom. You know, he can't go on a plane because of his credit card, whatever, and uh, it's just it, things just continue from that. So where he ends up going next there's this whole weird, like, what the heck is going on? It's, it's just so weird, you know, because there, there are some people who are, are helping him, but it's like, and you see them in, in the trailer, you know, he's like, what, what's what's happening and everything? And it's just, it's, it's so bizarre. And again, it's uncomfortable because he's in this situation where, you know, there's nothing like necessarily bad going on, but there's some like weird, there's definitely a weird vibe going on and you're just looking at this just like what's happening and because it's like there's that sense of helplessness but these people that are there you know they're really good so it's like so surely there's not anything you know weird happening but then the little things happen and then it goes to the next thing and the next thing oh and then it's just (laughs) i don't even i mean there's so many things that oh man there's, the, the towards the end, there's a part where, like, a memory that he had. Because then you, you you see him when he's a kid, and, you know, then his, his mom's, like, telling him, like, what happened to his dad, you know, because his dad died, you know, he never met his dad. His dad died um, before he was born, you know, after he was conceived. So, you know, there's something going on. And because of that, you know, his mom said that, you know, his dad Pass something on to him, so he has this this danger, this condition that could affect him as well, which you know affects his whole life and everything. So there's like all this stuff going on that he's dealing with, and then you know then with his mom, you know something happened to his mom, so he's trying to make his way back there. But then he's just like in this, he's dependent on others to get there. You know, it's, it's so much stuff going on, and then there's this one moment in an attic. That's all I'm gonna say. And when this came out, I'm like, I literally mouth, "What the," f-? you know, I was just like, "What is going on?" And it's just like, I was just like, my I, my jaw dropped. I'm just like, "What is happening?" And then you know, and you know, even before that happened, there's this other moment where you get this like sort of like a revelation, and it's just like, "What?" And, and and then you know the whole thing is like is, is this real is this not but it's like no this seems like it's real right because everything's happening but then like something else happens so wait how can this be real but then they're they're acting like it's real is it real is it not real so you just go through this whole thing and it's just it's just so you know weird and and still to you know as, as I think back to it I'm just like. Whoa. I I I feel like I'm even though I've been babbling on you know just about certain parts, but I I'm almost like speechless at certain things. It's like I I just don't know what to say, and it's such a, a weird movie. So when when you look at it, I this is this is where you know I don't know much about Ari Aster, um, but it's like where where what are, where are you coming up with this? Like what is what is going on? here? and i'm still so confused so because of that you know there there's some there's going to be some things that you don't necessarily get the answer to we don't necessarily need the answers cuz that's that's part of the experience or whatever but that probably some people aren't, aren't going to like that and and you know the movie is 3 hours long so i'm sure some people might think it's too long but people are used to binging you know hours and hours of a, of a show so it's like sitting through a 3 hour movie shouldn't be an issue if it is then you shouldn't be supporting binging you know shows oh man so i but i thought the 3 hours was great because it it's one of those things where you know, when you get a now nowadays, when a movie is only like an hour and a half, like Evil Dead Rise last week, it was an hour and a half. It was fine. You know, it was. I think it was. It was. It worked for the movie because otherwise, you know, you don't want things to drag on. You don't want it You know, just to feel like they're just like trying to pad it. But at the same time, when I saw, I was like, oh, this is only ninety minutes. I was like, I want more because I want to be able to enjoy this experience for as long as possible. But sometimes it just doesn't need it. So Beau is afraid It's three hours long. Just and it's I think it's like two hours fifty nine minutes or something like that. But you you just get into it. I mean, it never felt like it was dragging for me. And I'm, I'm sure some people would feel like, oh, you could have cut an hour out of it or something like that. And maybe it, it's possible. But I think it just added to just experiencing, just seeing like who he is, what's he going through, how's he, you know, what's what's he dealing with to get from here to here to here to here. To here. And it just, it's it's such a, just a weird trip. And it's just like, so I, I, I'm just like flabbergasted. I mean, I say, I want to feel, I want to say like, I feel like I've been punched, punched in the gut, but it's not a painful like feeling like that. It's just, I, I just, I don't know how to describe it because I'm just so confused and, and And but not confused as well. I mean, I I mean, there's different reasons of being confused. But it's it's not like they just threw a bunch of stuff. And I mean, well, I guess there's some things that aren't like I said what weren't explained. But there's uh, I don't know. It's it's just it's it's such a weird movie. And Joaquin Phoenix does does a good job on it. You're I think people are either gonna love it or hate it. You know, it it's it's definitely. A well-made, produced, and put together movie because you know there's so many different layers, so many different things going on, so many visuals, and just just everything. And the performances are, are great, but I think there's some people who may not like the fact that there's are s- some really weird things. There are some things that aren't explained, so some people aren't, aren't going to go for that. So you know y- you have to have to be aware going into it, and you know with like Hereditary and Midsummer. You know, if there's certain things that you didn't like about it, it might be kind of similar here where it's just going to be some weirdness and you just have to accept that. So this is a movie I definitely feel like I need to see it again. But, you know, being a three hour movie, I don't know when I would watch it, but it's just it's just it's an experience. And, uh, you know, I I know I said that you're either going to love it or hate it. I, I don't i don't necessarily think i would say i i loved it i did really really like it and i admire it for, for what it is and how it was made uh yeah i can't say it's like oh it's my all-time favorite movie but it's, it's just it's such a weird movie but i i like weird movies i i like things that kind of make you question reality you know it's like is this really happening or not and i, I think that 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 keeps you on your toes you know when you you compare this to like ghosted you know two totally different movies. Ghosted may have some unbelievable moments because if it's a comedy action, but this is like unbelievable in another way because then you're like, again, you know, I, I've, I know I've said this so many times now. It's like, is this really happening or not? But then it's like, wait, but there's really nothing that's making me think that it's not happening. But it's like, wait, this can't be happening. Can it? Maybe it is happening. So I, I just, I, I really dig that, that it's just like, what? What? Oh man, so it's just yeah, it's it's such such a movie, <laughs> and I, I think you should see it. You know, Nathan Lane's in it, and Amy Ryan, uh, Parker Posey. Uh, you know, there's just a lot of good performances, and it's just oh my gosh, it's just it's something. And when you see it, you know, if if you get a chance to see it with someone else, I mean, that would be fun. You know, that would be another reason to see it again, to see it with just to watch someone else's like reactions. Like, you know, what are they? How are they taking all this? It's just wow. That I mean, that, that's that's the only thing I can say is wow. Like just this was just such it was such a movie. <laughs> and I know that doesn't necessarily describe it, but it's just holy crap and holy crap look at the time uh, that's going to be it for this week uh, big thanks to Dave McPhail and Andrew Lookin they are big supporters of the show you can be a supporter by going to patreon.com slash gman from heck any amount you can commit to will be awesome if you commit at the Rick Jones tier or higher you get access to the secret podcast from heck which is an additional 30 minutes of podcast entertainment every single week I've recently been talking about more John Byrne Fantastic Four comics from the 80s just going through, you know through issue by issue looking at what crazy things happening um i'm gonna do another movie a movie that i've strangely embarrassingly never seen i don't know if i'll do it this week or just oh, we'll see soon um i yeah uh, but <laughs> if you can't commit to a monthly commitment oh my, my goodness you can also help out by going to coffee.com slash gm from heck and you can buy me a virtual cup of coffee or four KO-FI.com slash GMAT from Heck. All right, what's going to happen next week? You know, we're going to have, I'm pretty sure there's another Superman Lois and the Flash, you know, another Titans. Then, oh, see, Sweet Tooth? Maybe, maybe Sweet Tooth. Um, I, I, we'll see. We'll see how much I can watch. I, I should. I feel like I should have talked about it this week, but the movie feature. Is going to be uh, it's a little movie called Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Three. So it's weird that it's here already because it, it feels like it feels like it was always something like like oh that's that's coming out like in a couple years or a year. It's like so long and and then it, even it gets closer and closer, but it just feels like it's been so so long. And it feels like it's been a long time since we've had a Marvel movie, even though we just had Ant Man and the Wasp: Quantumania, which I liked, and I know a lot of people didn't like it for whatever reason, but. So we have another, uh, the last, uh, the final Guardians of the Galaxy movie, whatever, maybe we'll we'll see. So you can hear all about that next week and more. But that is going to be it for this week. So I hope you are doing well. Can't believe we're like almost in May already. It's it's uh it's it's nuts. So uh, go watch Bo is Afraid if you're brave enough, unless you're too afraid. Uh, I don't know. Uh, but I hope you take care of yourself. I hope you're doing well. hope everything is going smoothly. And I hope you remember, be good to each other.